This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And today is Tuesday, March 3rd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Middletown Township Police in Bucks County are still looking for tips as they investigate Monday's fatal hit and run on Route 1. The victim has been identified as 29-year-old Alexandra Ridgeway. Police say Ridgeway was struck by multiple cars and ultimately killed while either walking or attempting to cross Route 1 near the Neshaminy High School exit. The roadway was shut down in both directions for several hours Monday morning as police investigated. Later Monday afternoon, Philadelphia police said human remains were discovered at about 8.30 in the morning along the 8800 block of Pine Road in Fox Chase. Police believe that the remains are connected to the hit-and-run crash. I don't understand this at all. Uh, Investigators said that they have followed up on leads in Montgomery County but did not elaborate. Middletown Township Police released a statement saying the woman was struck by multiple cars on the southbound side of the highway and none of the striking vehicles remained on the scene. Are are, are they suggesting that the human remains were from the victim who was hit? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I mean, they, they they had a body at, yeah. at the scene, so huh. I don't know. Could it have been like a limb or something? I'm not really sure. Middletown Township Police said that they are investigating why Ridgeway was on the highway. Her family has set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for the funeral. Also, she was hit by multiple cars and oh. nobody oh stopped. God. Like, yeah. that seems weird, too. A shootout between FBI investigators and a person of interest sparked a day-long standoff in Berks County on Monday. According to U.S. Attorney William McSwain, authorities are searching for 37-year-old Rafael Vega Rodriguez. FBI agents overnight Sunday approached Vega Rodriguez about an ongoing investigation when he reportedly began firing on agents. Authorities believe that Vega Rodriguez ran into a home on Greenwich Street where Monday's standoff unfolded. Agents searched the home but did not find him inside. Loud banks were heard throughout the day after agents equipped with military weapons entered the home. Investigators are now broadening their search. A $10,000 reward has been offered for information leading to his arrest and conviction. Vega Rodriguez is described as a balding man, approximately 5'3", 145 pounds, with tattoos on his left arm and hand. At least five people have died after multiple tornadoes touched down early Tuesday in central Tennessee, including one that caused damage near downtown Nashville. The tornado near downtown reportedly stayed on the ground in uh, Hermitage, about 10 miles east of the city. Police officers and fire crews were responding to about four building collapse around the city, uh, Metro Nashville Police said. John C. Toon Airport, Nashville's interna- uh, Nashville International's sister airport in West Nashville, sustained significant damage due to severe weather, a spokesperson said in a statement. Several hangars have been destroyed and power lines are down, she said, adding that there were no reported injuries. A video posted online from East Nashville showed where uh, what appeared to be well-defined tornado moving quickly across the city. Lightning repeatedly flashed while much of the city was in the dark. The wind could be heard gusting after the tornado moved out of sight. Images on social media showed extensive damage to buildings, mangled wires or uh, down power lines and structures that are now unrecognizable as the tornado has re- uh, reduced them to rubble. A reported gas leak forced the evacuation of the IMT building in the Germantown community. Photos showed dozens of people in the streets carrying their belongings not long after the tornado moved through the city. Metro Nashville Public Schools will be closed because of uh, damage from the tornado. The storm system was forecast to bring an isolated tornado, damaging winds and large hail news outlets reported. Wow. Uh, Kathy, a follow-up on uh, on your first story. Our, our field reporters yeah. are texting in saying that it was a severed arm and hand. Oh, my God. It was, uh, someone, it was uh, yeah, they found a left arm and hand. Oh, oh God. Dear God. Right. Terrible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do sports this morning. <laughs>
Sixers and the Flyers were off last night. The Sixers will look to bounce back from their loss against the Clippers with another game in Los Angeles tonight as they take on LeBron James and the Lakers. The Sixers are in fifth place in the East, while the Lakers are the best team in the West Western Conference with a record of 46-13. and 13. The Sixers will be without three of their usual starters. Josh Richardson is out oh. and continues to pro- uh, progress through the NBA's concussion protocol. In the Sixers' loss to the Clippers, Richardson's face collided with the back of Alec Burke's head. He left the court with a towel pressed against his nose and was diagnosed with a nose contusion. Joel Embiid, who has left shoulder sprain, and Ben Simmons, who has nerve impingement in his lower back, remain out and didn't travel with the team to Los Angeles. Tip-off for tonight's game is set for 10 o'clock. The Flyers are off until tomorrow night when they'll travel to Washington, D.C. to play the Capitals. The Flyers have won six games in a row to move up to second place in the Metro Division, just three points behind the first-place Capitals. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock tonight, uh, tomorrow night. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We have a busy, busy day today. We have a number of guests on the program, a couple of charity events on the way, so we got some representatives stopping in to tell us about those. We also have the latest member of the Flyers. He got his first uh, goal and assist against the Rangers the other night. His name is Derek Grant. He came to us from the Ducks. Cool. And uh, he's a bit of a colorful character, so uh-huh. I'm interested to uh, to meet him. And uh, the Flyers are... Uh, well, things are going well. Yes. Knock on wood. And uh, we'll talk to him and uh, see how he feels about, uh, you know, moving into Philadelphia and what all's going on. So, uh, always nice to meet new people. We also have another new person we're going to meet, a young lady named Sarah Kayleen, uh, Kayleen, who is the host of a series of true crime lecture events called Felonious, the Sordid History of Philadelphia Murder and Mayhem. This is right in our wheelhouse. Totally. <laughs> we love this stuff. Uh, so I'm sure she's going to have some pretty wild stories for us. So she'll be popping in for some pretty cool things. And we also have PJ Wellahan stopping by, official sponsor of the Cardboard Classic. And do they have an event uh, coming up? Do we know of? Well, um, so we had held a whole bunch of events yeah. leading up to Cardboard Classic. Oh, and today we're going to announce. announcing the winner. Yes. That's correct. I forgot about that. Oh, that's so right. We've yeah. We've had so many things going on. But we have, uh, yeah, we have a very cool announcement uh, concerning uh, a VIP experience with PJ Wellahan. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. And they're bringing in wings and all kinds of good things for us to munch upon. And uh, we'll have some giveaways with gift cards uh, for P.J. Willihans as well. So these things and a bunch more are taking place in the course of the show today. we got a concert announcement coming up in Music News. We've got tickets and things to give away uh, at some point during the program. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll come back in a second. Stupid question, entertainment report. That is on the way when we return. We'll be back shortly. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's ask a stupid question and give away a four-pack of tickets for the WWE Elimination Chamber, which is going to be the Wells Fargo Center for the first time ever this Sunday. The question I have for you this morning in the movie, The Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to change what iconic line. This is so easy. Yeah. As he was having trouble pronouncing one word of it. All right, 215-263-WMMR. Okay, in the movie, uh, The Terminator... 
Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger. I almost said Titanic. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that would have been great. Imagine him as Jack. I love you. Uh, wanted to uh, change what iconic line as he was having trouble pronouncing one word of it. I'm the king of the world. I'm going to draw you naked. I'm going to draw you boobies. All right. Let me go through birthdays. You have a lot Jerry By the way, I was watching Titanic was on yeah. the other night, and I just popped it on for a tad bit, and it was of that scene, the sketch scene. Oh, yeah. It's really hot. Yeah, uh, it's super hot. She yeah. looks fantastic. She looks that. great, and apparently there was a, there was a, a little uncomfortability during that scene, which James Cameron helped to foster, so that you got that sort of reaction from DiCaprio as she was there in, in the all together. There's a great meme. I don't know how old it is, but it's of uh, Jack sketching, and they keep cutting to the pad, and it's like a six year old destroying <laughs> yeah. it, like 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 with a big bush on the girl. <laughs> And it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, that's yeah. great. By the way, uh, Kate Winslet is in town or coming to town, right? Got the details right here, Casey. So Get to those in the entertainment report. But she, yeah, she's uh, she's wonderful in that. I forgot how sexy that scene is. All right, moving on. Birthdays today. Jessica Biel, not too shabby herself. Sexy herself, yeah. 38 years old today. Uh, they, uh, everything seems good in Timberlake land now, it right? It does. It does. They seem to have patched things up. We'll see. You know, I mean, that's the public persona, so we'll see where it goes. There seemed to be no real horrible infraction, you yeah. know? Yeah. He just, it was a bad call on his part. Yep. A bad call, Ripley. That's right. She is 38 today. Uh, one of Kathy's favorites, David Faustino. Oh, my yeah. God. She went on and on about him when he was in the studio. <laughs> a bud from uh, Married with Children. She he was remember. here. She I have, I think I. Was I wasn't I even standing next to him in the picture? Kathy, yes. you were on his shoulders. Like normally, I don't stand next to the guests. I yeah, stand yeah. next to Steve. I think even in this picture, I was standing next to him, and I don't remember one second of him being here. It happens. Uh, he is celebrating his forty uh, sixth birthday today. Bud uh, Herschel Walker, the football player. Is a fifty. I think Herschel's been here before, right? I know no. we've talked. No, we've well, talked to him. We've definitely ages, talked to him ages ago. Then we talked to him on the phone because he was telling us about doing a thousand crunches a day, <laughs> which is just obscene. A machine at uh, that time. Another machine, athletic machine. Jackie Joyner Kersey. Yes, uh, gold medalist in uh, uh, track and field uh, in the Olympics is uh, fifty-eight years old today. She was a groundbreaker. I remember one time they had a list of athletes of the the average amount of calories they burned during the course of a day. Yeah. I remember. For some reason, I remember her number was extraordinarily high. I believe it. Uh, actress Miranda Richardson uh, had to look her up. She's from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Nick, she played the um, the gossip columnist. Oh, Rita Skeeter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, 62 today. She's been in other things like The Crying Game. Uh, and she's then, in Fred Claus, I think, too. I is she in Fred Claus? I, I think she plays Mrs. Claus. Right, is it that Christmas, Christmas Anna, movie? Isn't that the horrible <laughs> Billy Bob Fortune movie? <laughs> Bill, it'll never go away. Uh, oh, sorry. And the belt. <laughs> there we go. Isn't that that Tarantino movie about the inglorious bastards? No. No, that's inglorious, no, that's inglorious bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she, no, she played Annette Claus. Not Annabelle Claus, but she played Annette. 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 There yeah. we go. Yeah. In Fred Claus. Okay. Well, some people call her Annette. Annette. <laughs> <laughs> She's 62. <laughs> And then the last birthday I saw, uh, wonderfully beautiful and talented Julie Bowen. Oh, oh God, yeah. 
Modern Family. Uh, Boston, Happy Gilmore. Boston Legal lost Happy Gilmore with the two you know pitchers of beer and the lingerie and and as that. sexy as that is, I think she uh, she is. Um, Yes. Looks the sexiest now. She looks I, I, tremendous. I agree. She has uh, she has appreciated with uh, with time. Yes, uh, she's uh, fifty years old today. In fact, a really sexy moment is in Horrible Bosses. Oh my gosh, she's oh my the, God. the really flirty wife. Right? Yeah. yeah, super hot with Jason Sudeikis. Uh-huh. Yep. There's a scene in one of the Modern Family episodes, Preston, where um, Phil uh, Dunphy's having what he believes to be a heart attack. So she goes, "Okay, call the call the we'll, we'll get the fire department over here and." So what she does, she gets dolled up for the uh, for the firefighters that really? are coming. And he's, he's like looking at her like, really? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, we'll see if uh, someone knows the answer to this question. I'm sure they do. In the film The Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to change what iconic line. As he was having trouble pronouncing one of the words, 215-263-WMMR is number. And we will go to Mike. See if we can get the answer. Hey, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. Uh, What's Mike. the license plate on that James Bond car again? <laughs> <laughs> there are multiple license plates. Mike, do me a favor and tell me the iconic line that Arnold did not want to say. I'll be back. Of course. Yeah. Hang on. What could he not pronounce yeah, in that? Isle. He had a hard time saying Isle. Because he's more like, I'll. I'll be back. And he also said to Cameron that uh, he believed that a robot wouldn't be using contractions like that. Like Interesting. The, right, so that the, the dialogue would be very uh, meticulous, but Preston's right. Uh, I, it, it sounds like I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, but uh, James Cameron stuck with it. He knew it was going to be. he was right. It was going to be a line. And, and, and Schwarzenegger freely admits it. He goes, look, shows you how much I know. Mike, you got a four-pack of tickets for WWE Elimination Chamber coming to Philly for the first time at the Wells Fargo Center this Sunday, 6.30 p.m. And tickets are on sale now via Wells Fargo centerphilly.com. The winner receives the Universal Championship match at WrestleMania, by the way, so it's a big deal in the world of wrestling. Prince Harry's annual Invictus Games have been thrown into chaos as the coronavirus continues to spread across Europe. Uh, The week-long athletic event for wounded veterans was set to kick off on May 9th at the Hog in the Netherlands. Hague? Maybe it's the Hague. Yeah. The Hog. Uh, But... The country now has at least uh, 13 confirmed cases, and there is a, quote, huge amount of concern. A source tells paper organizers are also worried about the dangers in the current climate of putting so many disabled athletes together in one place from different countries uh, for a week. It's a logistical nightmare and a real worry for the people planning it. Uh, Harry's been hard at work on the event, even uh, joining John Bon Jovi to record a charity single at uh, Abbey Road Studios the other day. Meanwhile, Harry and Megan are set to reunite with the royal family publicly for the first time post-Megxit. On March 9th, the Sussexes are scheduled to attend the annual Commonwealth Service at Westminster Abbey on Commonwealth Day, along with Prince William, Kate Middleton, Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, and Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. Man, that sounds fun. And this will be the first public get-together for the Fab Four, Harry, Meghan, William, and Kate, (laughs) after rumors of an ugly feud. And it was sort of... um... Validated because uh, Prince William was saying, "Yeah, he had become estranged a little bit from him, and they uh, maybe, maybe, hopefully, they've patched things up." Uh, by the way, the, Meghan and Harry's baby will remain in Canada during their trip, according to reports. The Queen and other royals are reportedly very sad to have seen so little of Archie. Uh, they, she's got to run the Tim Hortons that they just purchased. The Sussexes officially stepped down from their royal duties on March 31st, so that'll be the end of that. Uh, America has its new bachelorette, 
38-year-old Claire Crawley. The announcement was made on Monday on Good Morning America. Fans first met her on season 18 or in 2014. I think when she vied for Juan Pablo Galavas. Uh, she was one of two finalists, but she rejected him, telling him that she lost respect for him. Why don't you love me? She returned to Bachelor in Paradise season one and two and got engaged to Benoit Bessojour Savard after an appearance on The Bachelor Winter Games. Oh, Benoit. That engagement was nixed soon after. So she has been around for a while in the world of The Bachelor, Bachelorette. She's a she's a looker, man. She really is. Crawley said she found out on Saturday that she'd be the next Bachelorette and what it was as shocked as some on social media appear to be. She said, I literally just found out. So unexpected. Can you believe this? Let- Six years later, what is happening? Yeah, she's been to the ringer a couple times, but the, the one who would have been the likely candidate, Preston, apparently has literally no personality. Oh, really? So usually, <laughs> and uh, they, they thought, we need somebody with a little bit more flair. So she's considered sassy. Yeah. And she is really uh, hot. Uh, is she? She's definitely the oldest. She's 38. Oh, wow. She seems to have at least some brains about this. I think she's playing it as a game show, and she's not <laughs> the whole pretense of looking for love. Right, right. Oh, my God. I mean, that is just yeah. laughable. It's because of crap. And people want to see them making out. That's and, what they want. And if you if you buy into that, then, uh, you know. Kinda, and you buy into it. I feel sorry for you. But, but <laughs> there should be, round, they, everyone should be rounded up and put into camps. No, but uh, many of the, the contestants are in their mid-20s uh, the, yeah. when, when they are the, the subject, when they're uh, the bachelor or the bachelorette. So. I like this idea. Maybe this is part of the way for them. You know, they're bridging the gap now to that older version of the bachelor, Preston. Uh, maybe. Yeah. They're, they're talking about doing it for seniors. Right. So we'll, we'll it's halfway there. That. James Franco is formally responding to two women who have accused him of sexually exploiting them in his now-shuttered acting school. Uh, the 41-year-old filed a written objection to the suit filed in October by Sarah Tither Kaplan and Tony Gall, uh, claiming in court documents obtained by people that the allegations were salacious and that they were attention-hungry. The document stated, while the salacious allegations in the complaint have made great tabloid fodder, there are also... Uh, false and inflammatory, legally baseless, and brought improperly, or they are brought improperly in the form of a class action, largely to gain as much publicity as possible. So, are they the only two people who have brought this suit charges, against him? Charges. Yes. Uh, there Has anyone ac- else come forward? There are other accusations. Okay. So, the lawsuit is a travesty of justice and the culmination of a meritless campaign that has unfairly tarnished a decent man's hard earned reputation. They continued in the statement. Now, the accusations first uh, surfaced uh, January uh, 18th in an article in the Los Angeles Times. Five women came forward, including uh, uh, one of these two ladies that is now filing suit, who said that there was an abuse of power and a culture of exploiting non-celebrity women and a culture of women being replaceable. So, but there's uh, it's like as far as sexual assault or anything, there's no charges of that. Not that I've heard. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, this is interesting. Chris Matthews, longtime host of MSNBC's Hardball, abruptly retired from the show yesterday, announcing the news at the start of his 7 p.m. show and then left. Yeah. Leaving well, a, left. a stunned Steve Kornacki to take <clears throat> over for the rest of the hour. We have an audio clip of this. Uh, during his announcement, the 74-year-old Matthews apologized for making inappropriate Comments about women. Do we have? What we do. We here? have. We have his announcement, and then we have the uh, Kanaki. I believe his name is uh, going. What the hell happened? All right, here we go. Let me start with my headline tonight. I'm retiring. This is the last hardball on MSNBC, and obviously, 
This isn't for lack of interest in politics. As you can tell, I've loved every minute of my 20 years as host of Hardball. Well, after a conversation with MSNBC, I decided tonight will be my last Hardball. So let me tell you why. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. We're never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. Okay. So, uh, and he also announced that he is going to be the new Bachelor. No. Oh, yeah. wow. Which is pretty wild. Well, they're looking to do that senior yeah, show now. they're looking now, to do something so. senior, and he saw an opportunity and he jumped <laughs> in on it. But the guy who followed him, uh, I guess, was off to the side, seemingly unaware of what was going to transpire, was uh, Steve Kamaki. And you can hear that he's shaken and confused by what has happened. Here we go. Um, that was a lot to take in just now, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're still... Um, absorbing that, and and I am too. Um, Chris Matthews is a giant. He's a legend. Um, it's been an honor for me to work with him. Um, we're not going to have any bells or whistles here. We do have to fill the rest of this hour. We're going to take a quick break and come back. With and then he, he wished him luck on The Bachelor. Uh, yeah, you can be here going, um, I don't know what the hell to do now. We have an hour to fill, and <laughs> yeah. you're walking out. Uh, what the F are we going to do? This is live television. But behind him, they were emptying out Matthew's office, too. It's like potted plants and everything. They woke up everybody walking yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. No, really? No, no, no. Oh. Because you could see in the background a whole bunch of stuff going yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. and they looked like two women were having a conversation who had no clue what had just happened five minutes prior. Right, right. Um, they were taking out uh, Matthew's a whole bunch of Batman figures. They took those out. <laughs> So Matthew's departure reportedly came after a weekend of discussions with NBC, uh, MSNBC higher-ups following a GQ column by freelance journalist Laura Bassett last week who wrote about her, quote, sexist run-in with Matthews in the makeup room before 2016 appearance on his show when he apparently said to her, he commented on her appearance and then asked, why haven't I fallen in love with you yet? Uh, Matthews also apologized last Monday for comparing uh, Bernie Sanders' dominating win in Nevada caucus to the Nazi takeover of France. So I guess he had been talked to a couple of times, and he was like, you know what? I'm bailing. So There's also, had... and some of the people forwarded this notion, too, that on he's the oldest on the roster, mm-hmm. you know, and they figured that it's time for some new blood. And he probably also has the fattest contract on the, uh, mm. on the network. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, it's a crazy yeah, world. I guess he quit. And didn't get fired. I don't know. Yeah, he was he was retiring. They said the retiring was actually expected, and you you never know who you can believe. But apparently, at the end of this of the election cycle, he was supposed to retire after the presidential election because he lives for this stuff. Mm-hmm. But this accelerated it. Okay. Uh, James Lipton passed away. That's long, sad. Longtime writer, producer, and host of Emmy winning Inside the Actor Studio. That used to be regular viewing for me. Likewise. When it was uh, when it was what it was, loved uh, it. I really looked forward to you know uh, the announcement of a big name, and you're like, oh, I got to see that. Uh, he was 93 years old, survived by his wife uh, Kendaki Turner. Yeah, uh, who said that he died on Monday from bladder cancer. Uh, he created Inside the Actor Studio in 1994. And remained on board until he stepped down in 2018 after 25 years there. So he's kind of a, a figurehead. He really wasn't, um, you know, involved that much in the day-to-day activities. But he brought a lot of attention to the school uh-huh. and brought in a lot of uh, people. You know, one in particular went on to a lot of uh, fame. But, uh, I mean, he, he loved it. And he did all his own research, Preston, for all those interviews. So the school, was that the actor studio? Yeah, the actor studio. so the studio. show was inside the actor studio. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and was he a, um, 
Was he a professor, a teacher? I think he was an occasional lecturer. Our, our former intern, uh, Todd Brad. Todd right? Brad. See, that's the thing, Steve. I don't think he did all the research. I think all of his students did the research for him. Every claim that I was reading in, uh, in his obituary was that he did all the research. He loved to do the research himself. But that's not, listen, what goes out to the public may not right. be the actual fact. You know, Nick, while I'm going through this, can you look up a little info on Wikipedia and find out you know, what his, his role was at the school? Uh, so the long-running show, of course, focused on interviews with famous actors about their craft and their careers. All told, he interviewed more than 200 people, including, I mean, the bigs. It was, uh, you know, George Clooney, Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino, Barbara Streisand, Julia Roberts. That's just scratching the surface. People who would normally never do stuff like this sat down. And I think in a way that started a lot of these, um, actors who were before unapproachable, Opening up to the concept of sitting down for some long term, in- long form interviews. Yeah, and it was called the New School. Is, is yep. w- yeah. yeah, okay. And what was that a part of? You know, I I don't know the actual structure. Oh, I remember I remember our former intern, uh, as we called him, Todd Brad, saying that Lipton was you'd see him around occasionally, but he was not right. You told me that that he wasn't um, that plugged in over there. That he was Maybe, having I mean, more the the outward appearance of the so school. New School University, Casey, already existed. Uh, that's the name of the school. Is the, the new New School University, and uh, James Lipton basically made the Actors Studio combined with that school. So he brought this entity, which was which was the Actors Studio, combined it with the New School, and then so he created that. He created that, okay. yeah. And then he was the Dean Emeritus of that school. Okay, he was a long term though. Uh, he he was a screenwriter. He had done some acting. He had. Um, uh, you know, he'd, he'd been in the industry for years. Uh, so uh, he had, I, I remember one in particular, you were talking about uh, celebs who normally wouldn't sit down for interviews. He had Sean Penn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got him to really open up. And in the audience was Bradley Cooper as a student front there. Front row, front yeah, row. Got a chance to ask him a couple of questions. And it's pretty wild going, hi, you know, Bradley Cooper, yeah. second year student, and, and then asking Sean Penn questions. And he goes on to be even bigger than Sean Penn was. You're right, Preston. We have a clip of Lipton talking about what his his favorite guest was. All right, here Who we his go. favorite guest was. For years and years and years, for decades, yes. I was asked, what guest in the whole world do you want the most? You know what my answer was? Go ahead. The night that one of our graduated students has achieved so much that he comes back to our stage and sits next to me as my guest. And Bradley was the one. Wow. Is that? That's so cool. Nice. Well, 93 years old, a nice, long life, and uh, he did some pretty cool things. I have the list of the questions he would ask every celebrity. Okay. Do you want to do that? Uh, you want to do that here? Maybe do that later? Let's do that later on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we have time. I'd like to I'll, uh, we'll, I'll ask yeah. you all, uh, James Lipton. Okay. Uh, Mark Wahlberg popped up on the Today Show. While there, he gave fans an update on his ongoing fitness feud with Dr. Oz. Uh, chatting with Harry Smith, he said that doc- he and Dr. Oz faced off, and fans can see that show tomorrow, I believe. He, he said, called him an Ozhole. He said, I don't think that he knew what he was getting himself into, but he was a trooper. I squashed him like a grape, that poor thing. He didn't know what would happen. Uh, he also copped to points Oz raised about fasting. And he said, I think it depends. I really felt the benefits of fasting. Uh, but I'm a little old school, too. So I do like to have a nice meal in the morning, and I can burn it off. So I guess he and Dr. Oz got into a uh, an, They, an they did the push-up challenge. It was a race to, to complete 60, the quickest. Oz was no piker, man. He was he was humming along doing, um, um, you know, doing solid push-ups all the way through. But uh, Mark Wahlberg finished, um, like, a second or two 
earlier. You know okay. who's doing the uh, fasting right now? Dr. Mike. Yes. He's lost a decent amount of weight. He's, he's uh, not having breakfast in the morning. He's having one meal a day. Oh. And uh, he's also given up alcohol, and uh, he's found it to be effective for himself. Nice. It's called intermittent fasting. That's right, yeah. Uh, Amanda Bynes, speaking of alcohol, has been sober for 14 months. She announced on Instagram, writing, celebrating being sober a year and two months. The 33-year-old has been open about her struggle with drugs and alcohol previously, saying after retiring from acting, she felt like she had no purpose in life. But apparently she seems to be doing pretty well now, according to her. It seems to be the case. Uh, she's with some new guy, right? Some, I guess... Yeah, yeah they're the engaged. The guy yep. is much old. Is the guy much older than her? I think he is, right? I think he's like 37. Yeah, but uh, how old is she's she? She's 33. Oh, well, there you go. Well, yeah. then that's okay. I always, I perpetually think of her as that... I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Judge Judy is going to end after 25 years. She's going to kill herself? Nope. Judge Judy Shinelin has oh. confirmed that her program will finish after the 2020-2021 season airs because the network, CBS, wants to, as she said, optimally, util, optimate, optimally use old episodes of the show by selling the rights to the repeats. Well, that, that sort of makes sense because there's no, they're not time sensitive. Uh, speaking on the Ellen DeGeneres show, she said CBS sort of felt, I think, they want to optimally, optimally use the repeats from my program. Now they've decided 25 years of my reruns. What they decided to do is sell a couple of years worth of reruns. However, 77-year-old judge insisted she's no plans to retire and fans will be seeing even more of her than ever as she's got a new show in the work as well as the repeats. She said, I'm not tired, so Justice Judy will be coming out a year later. Mm-hmm. So they're calling it Justice Judy, I guess. You have the prices on there? Yeah, yeah. She uh, So she is currently the highest paid personality in the United States and in, in U.S. television, uh, bringing in a staggering $47 million a year. She signed a deal with CBS in 2017 in which the network bought all the episodes of Judge Judy for $100 million. Oh, <laughs> And she's still working. And she's going to have this other show on top of that. And you know she struck a big deal with that. Remember the uh, the uh, yacht she bought? Mm-hmm. I think she's since sold it. But uh, she, just to uh, uh, <laughs> all intents and purposes, an ocean liner. Judge Judy is the highest paid television star in the United States of America. And this uh, scenario is always the same, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But it's just... Yeah, people who are addicted to the judge shows love her. My in-laws are fueling this. Oh, are they are they big oh. Judy fans or who's well, their favorite judge? judge? I don't shows, know. I don't know right? who their favorite judge yeah. is, but the moment they visit, <laughs> it's what's on TV in my house for days. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. no, no shirt on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've referenced this before, and Steve, I know you love it too, but uh, when she sat down with Norm MacDonald for the Norm MacDonald Has a Show it was show, great. Uh, it's a really fascinating look into her life, and she talks about um, what what it's like to be as rich as she is. And Norm asks her those questions in a, in a nice way. He's not, I don't think, intrusive about it, but she talks about being that rich. Yeah. All right, uh, Kate Winslet, you mentioned her, Casey. Oh, yes, I did. Head to the small screen. Uh, for a show called Mayor of East Town, an upcoming HBO limited series, which the Academy Award winner will star in and executive produce. Will she be reunited with her Titanic co-star, Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, no, those <laughs> two, uh, those, I'm sorry, Jack died and it'll never happen again. There's no way I can feel that. Um, My traps are too big. <laughs> My lat uh, spread is enormous. So I got this story from Greg Monahan, our graphics guy, our, our art director here at, uh, at Beasley Media. And um, 
He had said in that email, Casey, that she's going to be filming in his neighborhood or something. Was that what it was? Marissa's got her hand up. She's got the info. She knows things. Only because I actually drove through it yesterday. Uh, Ridge Avenue, right through Roxborough, is covered in, is filled with trucks. So they're filming right there. So they're shooting in Roxborough. So Kate Winslet's in Roxborough right now. Yeah, she was in Delco, I think, last month or the month before. Yeah, Sun Studios in Delco. Okay, I'm furious. I'm furious. She was in Phoenixville for a stretch too. So she's been all over the place. She was in Phoenixville in December. They were shooting there for a bit, and uh, and then yeah, she was um, and doing Sun Studios, Casey and and, uh, Delco, but also they were doing outdoor shoots in Delco as well. Really? Yeah. She had a dinner at Park for Valentine's Day. Oh, by herself? With who? Family. Her family. Yeah. All right. All right. So, powers the be. Please get in touch with Kate. Come Tell on. her we love her. We do. She's amazing. Uh, and we would like to chat with her for a moment. And we're harmless and fun. And we'll help her with whatever she needs. Talk to some of the other people we've interviewed. They're, they're, they're always thrilled. They always say, oh, my God, I thought you guys would be idiots. But that was actually pretty good. <coughs> and so. uh, and why it could happen for Kate Winslet as well. I. You bring up a point, Preston, and we understand when they're working, it's a whole different animal. Yeah, like, that's the thing. When, when the project, the actual filming is going on, yeah. very, very, very rarely will they ever sit down for an interview. It's usually after the project is done, it's in the can, it's ready to be distributed, and that's when they start talking to people. Here's the way we can do this. <laughs> they always go into their trailer. If we know somebody with a trailer hitch. Oh, yes, okay. When they go into the trailer, that's a great idea. Get up. <laughs> Bring it over here. Bring him here. So when they step out, they're at one bala. We'll get you in the VIP section of the Cardboard Classic. <laughs> Absolutely. On if you can pull that one off. That's what we're going to yeah. use. Imagine what we're doing. Kate Winslet going down mm-hmm. on a, uh, a sled. Uh, usually, a Titanic sled. I get like a, a, a food voucher. I'll even give you oh. my food voucher. Mm. Minshew, who knows how many chicken fingers she can put away. Totally. Mm-hmm. By the way, the show, uh, Mayor of Easttown, is about this. As her life crumbles around her, a small-town Pennsylvania detective, Kate Winslet, investigates a local murder. Uh, Mayor of Easttown marks Winslet's first small-screen series regular role since she played the title character on HBO's uh, miniseries Mildred Pierce back in 2011. And she was great And she won an Emmy and Golden Globe and SAG Awards as Best Actress. So we're hoping for great things. But uh, love Kate Winslet. Would love to have her on the show. She was far better than Joan Crawford. You listen, Kate, we love you. So please reach out to her if you would. Uh, supermodel Giselle Bunchin opened up about her blended family during a Q&A session on Instagram stories. And when a fan asked her what it feels like to be a stepmom to husband Tom Brady's eldest son, Jack, whom she he shares with ex Bridget Moynihan, she said, I don't like the word stepmom. I never see him. I use the word bonus mom. Oh, shut up. Because I feel like it's a blessing in my life. I've heard this more and more lately. And bonus uh, mom. Yeah, I um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, I understand your reaction to a case, but um, stepmom does have a bit of a negative connotation. They're the evil stepmother. Uh, people think um, one thing about a step for some reason sometimes, and so uh, bonus just seems a little gentler. I okay. use hotter mom. <laughs> who is the comedian? <laughs> the comedian who was just here used yeah. bonus dad. Bonus, okay. bonus yeah. parent. Bonus. Yeah. It and, has eventually, a... and eventually, when they when they write a story that has an evil bonus uh, mom right. or dad, then yeah. we'll change that. Right, right, right. 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 Well, why not stepmom? So for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has a, a negative connotation when you put the word evil in front of it. I know. Yeah. But Before other that, than that, my stepmom, my stepdad. Like it's yeah. Uh, so anyhow, 
Uh, she said, I feel so lucky that I have an extra wonderful little angel in my life. Aww. In 2009, Bunchen and Brady married, and now she uh, they share two children of their own, son Benjamin, and, who is 10, and daughter Vivian, who what, is 7. Was this the angel that was in uh, the ex-girlfriend's yeah. uterus at the time they were dating? Yeah, it must have been. Is, who was it? Bridget Moynihan. Moist. Uh, we have a call. This is, uh, guys, this is Mitch. Once talks about Kate, Kate Winslet for a moment. Hey, Mitch, how you doing? What's going on? You guys rock. Thank oh! you, my man. All right, so you live in Roxborough? Uh, no, I was actually, I live in Aston. Oh, so this is when, oh. they were, when they were in Delco. Okay. Delco. They did some filming in Aston, and uh, we got a letter on our door that they said that they wanted to use our property. And me and my girlfriend couldn't believe it. We thought it was a joke at first. Yeah. So we called the township, and the township was like, nah, like, this is legit. They're doing filming in Delco, and they want to use your house. So they, they came early in the morning, like 5 in the morning, and set up a bunch of tents in my backyard. And the whole catering company came in, and the luncheon for the film crew, and everybody was at my house. So who, what, what celebrities were at your house? The only, I, I, I can't remember, like, all their names. The only one I really remember... So they called me uh, two days before that they were supposed to show up mm-hmm. because they, they were only supposed to use my backyard. And they called me back and said, listen, Kate Winslet would like a quiet place to go and rehearse our lines. So they wanted to use the inside of my house for her to go and, and go over her lines. Did you so- play Kate Winslet's love interest? Everybody I work with kept saying, oh, did you get pictures with her and everything? I was like, no. <laughs> did you set up a camera in your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, hang on, hang on. Let's, My let's... family said that. My family <laughs> yeah. said, you guys should set up a camera. Let's be- picking her nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> let's back up. Did she indeed come over and go into the house and, and run her lines? No, she didn't get to go oh. in the house or anything. I, we were kind of bummed about that because that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, uh, That is cool, though. But did, you, did she stop by? Did you get to see her at all? Yeah, there was. She was uh, filming scenes right out front of my house. Wow! 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 That's pretty awesome, man. That's very cool. And, and did they did they pay you, or is it just a um, a gratis thing? No, they paid us. They gave us money for it. May I ask oh, about? Fun. May I ask in what ballpark we're talking for the use of your house? Uh, so they gave us five hundred for the property to let us use the property, and then they gave us another two hundred, even though. She didn't go in the house, mm-hmm. but she was supposed to, so they gave us an extra 200 for that. Wow. Okay. How so cool is that? I was like, $700 to take the day off and hang out with some celebrities? I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good for I you, man. good day, man. We, the catering company came. Afterwards, they were like, listen, we're throwing all the food out, so if you want anything, <laughs> yes! you got the leftovers, too. <laughs> I invited my family over. We had a great dinner. It was awesome. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and Kate's not driving this Mustang anymore. You want it? <laughs> uh, listen, I, I might have a, a possible in here. I, I just realized this. Uh, so Mayor of Easttown was written by a guy named Brad Inglesby. Brad Inglesby also wrote The Way Back. We, yeah. had, we had Gavin O'Connor in the yeah, studio yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago starring Ben Affleck. And my brother grew up with Brad Inglesby. So I know that the writer on this, well, I, I don't know, but my brother knows the writer on this <laughs> okay. TV seven series. Seven degrees. Well, you never honestly, know. Seven oh, degrees, degrees is better than hey, eight. We're on the road. We got Mitch on the line. Yeah. So that's that's one person from there. And we're, we're, we're basically in Kate Winslet's family at this yeah. point. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, thanks for the story, man. We appreciate it, brother. 
Absolutely, guys. Rock on. That's right, a lot of fun, later. man. That's so cool. That's great. All right, one last story, and then we got to move along. Uh, Netflix is set to kick off the Netflix is a Joke Fest in Los Angeles. It'll be held from uh, April 27th to May 3rd. Dave Chappelle, Amy Schumer, Ali Wong are headlining. Ken Jeong, Elisa Schlesinger, David Letterman, Jamie Foxx, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Kevin Hart, and Martin Lawrence are all going to perform at uh, 20 various venues throughout the city. Jane Fonda's stand-up is hilarious. And oh Netflix God. is going to be a part of that. Huh. Yeah. So, But, I mean, Letterman. Yes. That's huge. Uh, all right, clips. Here we go. Let's all get right. to those now. So, when the elected sheriff of the Los Angeles Police Department dies, an arcane rule forged back in the Wild West forces the most unlikely man for the job in deputy. In this clip, star Stephen Dorff discusses receiving a uh, receiving something. There's a word left out here. Receiving. <laughs> it says receiving on a very sentimental day. Here, oh, here we go. It came a year to my brother's passing, and it was like a gift sent from the gods, and Nick Pizzolatto offered me just the richest role I've probably ever played. And so coming from that is on the heels of that is where I think Deputy came from. And and as, as this business happens, you know, one role can then change a lot of things. And the thing is, I think my brother wouldn't have wanted me to quit creating and doing what I love to do. What the f***? <laughs> uh, Deputy Ayers, 9, 9 o'clock, that's on Fox. Here's the next clip. A woman pursues her dreams of becoming a doctor after raising two children and retiring from teaching in Carlos' second act. Carol's second act. (laughs) In this clip, star Patricia Heaton reveals how she relates to her character. This is Carol's journey, and it's the same as my journey. We're trying something new. I'm exec producing. So I I think I I liked that this woman was challenging herself, and not just, as she says, going off into the woods and knit, uh, but she was trying something new. Uh, Carol's second act here tonight, 930. I want to see Carlos's second act. I read these cold, folks. Yeah. <laughs> they hand them to me, I read them. There you go. And that's what I got in the entertainment report for you. We have a lot happening today. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day. The sun's on the way up. We're going up to like 62 degrees. Now, we're going to have rain this afternoon, though, just a heads up uh. on that. But while we've got the sun shining in the morning, we got all kinds of guests are going to be joining us on the program. One of them is a, uh, a, a gal named Sarah... Kalen, who is a host of a series called uh, their, their true crime lecture events called Felonious, the Sordid History of Philadelphia Murder and Mayhem. There should be some great stories with her coming up at 9 o'clock. And we're also going to meet the latest member of the Flyers. Derek Grant is going to be on the program today as well. A few other things, too. Lots of giveaways. So hang with us. we got a busy morning. We want you to be a part of it. We'll come back in a sec. <laughs> Cardboard Classic 2020. Oh my god, it's got smoke coming out the back of it! Presented by Pacifico Beer. Live life anchors up. People falling on top of each other. Complete pandemonium! Come join the party this Friday at Jack Frost Mountain, where the snow comes first. It's a spectacle on the snow where everyone has a blast. Be part of the Tubing Hill Gallery and witness the amazing cardboard creations, thrilling runs, and epic fails in person. It is completely collapsed! 
Plus, hit the slopes on the Chief with the MMR VIP lift ticket special. Just 20 bucks. Available until noon on Wednesday, but only while supplies last. Details at WMMR.com. Make plans now for Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic 2020 at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Thanks, Kath. Uh, we'll do some giveaways in a little while with uh, PJ Wellahans. And not only that, uh, they're the sponsor of the Cardboard Classic. And today's the day we're going to be announcing the winner of the contest for the PJ Wellahans uh, Cardboard Classic VIP experience, which is an overnight stay for lift tickets for Cardboard Classic VIP passes. So if you did go by PJ Wellahans while we were getting people registered, you'll find out if you won today. We'll get that a little bit Love later it. this morning. And uh, they brought by. Some of their fav- famous uh, wings this morning, hot and honey, mild honey barbecue, which is my favorite. Uh, the sweet chili, garlic parmesan, kicking Korean, Old Bay, and more. And we'll, we'll do some giveaways in a little bit. Not right now, but we do have some gift cards that we will give away. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we were talking about uh, James Lipton inside the actor's studio. Uh, passed away, 93 years old. Yeah, we were big fans. Lived a full life. It had been ages since I watched that show, but it was a staple uh, and I remember SNL doing a bit, and it was Will Ferrell who played him, and he was just great with a gigantic stack of blue cards on the desk. The blue index cards, yeah. yeah exactly. And, Steve, it's been so long since I've watched it. I remember him uh, asking the series of standard questions at the end of the interview that he would ask every single celebrity. I only remember two of them. Yeah, I got uh, them all. Which is your favorite curse words and... Something about the pearly gates and who right. you want to see there. But anyhow, you have the list of them? I have them all. It's, it's kind of a good little quick psychological profile of somebody. And I remember some of the answers. It was great to have people like Sally Field when he would ask her what her favorite curse word was. Mm-hmm. And then they would let it rip. But it, it's it's a good list of uh, things that uh, that are general but sort of give you an, a, a, a sketch of what someone's about. You want you want me to uh, yeah, fire run, run them by I'll, you? I'll, I'll answer and then we'll see if anybody else wants to chime in. All right, Preston. What is your favorite word? Your favorite word. God. I'm the worst at answering questions you probably shouldn't <laughs> ask me. Uh, f- favorite single word? Mm-hmm. That's really hard uh, to... Take the easy way out and say something like love. No. I, not, scotch. No. It would be bourbon, not oh, scotch. Bourbon. But... Uh, but I, I would I would go if if ask that question straight up rather than the meaning of a word I would I the way a word sounds to me is probably the way All right. that I would interpret that it's like it's like match game go with your first uh, first instinct yeah uh, onomatopoeia onomatopoeia That's all right fun, it's a fun word absolutely I don't know what is your least favorite word oh man um water. <laughs> Wooder. Wooder. All right. Wooder. Now, what turns you on? Uh, sexually? Well, I guess it's open yeah, to my, see? my This was the genius of the lifter. Two chicks at the same time. Two chicks at the oh, same time. Word. With you together? <laughs> yeah. Or or no, just I watching? No, I've got to be a part of that. Oh, okay. What turns... That's from Office Space, by the way. <laughs> Two chicks at the same time. What turns you off? Uh, mean people. All right, that's Bottom a good line. One. That's all there is to it. I mean, the, the 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 bumper sticker "Mean People Suck" pretty much sums it up for oh, me. I thought this was supposed to be just one word. No. Oh, all right. You never watched the show. <laughs> oh, range. Oh, range. <laughs> There's not even a word. <laughs> what a, what sound or noise do you love? Oh, someone typing on a keyboard. Oh yeah, you have the ASMR. ASMR. All that's, right, that's what I love. Yeah, but listen, other than that. 
The sound that I absolutely love and always have ever since I had kids is the sound of my kids laughing or singing. That's it. That's huh. my favorite sound in the world. All right. What sound do you hate? Um, hmm. Nick Daddy, stop a, drinking. Nick eating a banana. <laughs> Nick eating a banana. No, my, my sister eating a banana. Oh. I Who's worse? It. My sister. Really? Score. <laughs> Somebody worse. Than I mean, I don't. It's horrible. Kind of what happens over here every morning. Yeah, I have a buffer. I've, I'm not on the same yeah. side of the room as Nick, so I don't get to hear it. Yeah, we used to have like a buffer. salad, uh, like a sneeze guard. What happened to that? <laughs> You're right. We did. I don't did know. Did go away? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. What is your favorite curse word? Which one carries the most weight for you? Uh, or your, just your favorite. You want me to? Oh, he, my favorite is. <laughs> There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I can't, can you believe I you said that? You can't say that, dude. That is a good one. Um, it, the, the, the easy go-to is is the F word or mother effer. Um, but there are so many good ones that don't get used that awesome. Uh, that that often. Sorry, not that awesome. <laughs> that what word do you use the most awesome? You know what word I like? I like you said the other day, which is pud. Yeah. <laughs> pud would be a good one. But... Uh, that's too. That's that's not dirty enough. Mm. Um, the one used most is just uh, yeah, the, the F word. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. What profession other than the one you currently have would you like to attempt? Uh, profession one that makes sense or one that I would like to do. Uh, There's no qualifier. I know. That's I know. the genius of James Lipton. I would say uh, you don't have like always have something in the back of your mind. Like I have, so I know what I would do if right. I didn't work on the. What's radio. yours? No, I would work something either like event like a bouncer. Plan- no, like event planning or or specifically floral. Like I would basically go and get a job at Floral and Hardy. Okay, oh, yeah. Um, Fluffer prepper. So Fluffer, I'm, oh. I'm the guy that would they they would practice on before they go to the. Oh, I thought you'd be like star. you put it in your mouth. No, 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 no. <laughs> You prepare on me. You're doing listen, it wrong. You're listen. doing it wrong. Harder, harder. Listen, Mandingo is coming yeah, in here yeah, in a yeah. moment, and you need to do this correctly. And this, this is what he that's, likes. That's your version of whiplash. <laughs> harder. No teeth. All right. What uh, profession What profession would you not like to do? Fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, politician. Politician. Never. Right. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly oh. gates? What would you like to hear God say to you as you're standing there in front of him or mm, her? Mm, mm, mm. I got two chicks at the same no. time. <laughs> right here for you. There you go. It's okay. You can still come in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, welcome, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's this is what you hope, right? Yeah. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. So those are the 10 questions. Anybody else want to any uh, input? Yeah. You want to take a crack at it, Casey? Sure. What is your favorite word? Man, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, what, what are you? What are you? A cop? It's, uh, it's more difficult than it seems once posed with these questions. Man, I didn't even think. You, are you going to ask me the same ones you asked him? Yeah. We're the same questions. I wasn't even paying attention. I was. You had up. a chance to prepare. <laughs> Do you want somebody else to yeah. go? No, what no, you no, think no. About right? it? My Nick? favorite word is right, uh, yes. What is your fa- What is your least favorite word? Probably no. Okay. What turns you on? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> Okay, uh, I like uh, I like a good manicure. A good manicure. Mm-hmm. All right, that's see, that's, not on that's, myself, but like you like to watch it, like a manicure cuck. <laughs> I've changed my favorite curse word. Oh, All right. go, you can't do that. All right, okay. Go ahead, F stick, F stick. All right, I like that one. one. Okay, go ahead. What turns you uh, off? 
Uh, hmm. I guess bad breath. Bad breath. Yeah. Interesting. What sound or noise do you love? Um. Okay. What I do love the sound of ocean surf. Yes, oh, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. Really, really good one. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, man. Uh, I guess. Um, like my kids fighting. Like that's that's a really really so annoying. That's, that's sort of the opposite really of your favorite one. sound, Preston. Yeah. It's a really good one, Case. I See, he's, he's, he's well thought out. He's, he's, he's go with the flow here. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word is easily mother. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I would have to side with you on that one. That's the one I use the most often. What profession other than the one you have would you like to attempt? Uh, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do at all? Um, man, Press, that was a good one with the, with the politician. However, if I was a good politician. You could use my answer. No, but, like, I think the, the world needs good politicians, so I wouldn't. All right. So uh, what profession would I not want to do? Uh, okay, how about I would never want to be a prison guard. All right. right. Yeah, I think that one would be a really, really tough, That'd be tough. job. Yep. Yeah. And we know you know you believe in, in the the afterlife, so when you get in front of God, what would you like to hear him say to you? All right, it's, it's a long sentence. Okay. But we say, uh, you were my favorite. And uh, with that, um, uh, life is everlasting, and... <laughs> So I, I think about this all the time. Okay. All right. You, and you like, written a script? No, no. But, all right, so, uh, but lately I've been thinking about, like, you know, with Ego. Yes, uh, yes. And, and uh, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. too. Like, I mean, if, if, if life and all this stuff were eternal and everlasting, like, you would get bored. So, like, right. maybe, just maybe that what we're living in right now is just a, is a byproduct of, like, in infinite life, and so we're just going to, you know, cycle through this. So at this life point, is, God's, life, God's walked away at this point. Life, <laughs> so I wish you would say, you'll get to do this again, essentially. Oh, oh, like a reincarnation thing. Yeah. Okay. You were right. talking to me this whole time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the reason is that porn got into the VHS part of, and that's why that format Wait was more popular than beta. Are you still talking to me? I'm sorry, are you talking to me? I'm sorry, I was not listening. Uh, that's, All right, that sounds about right. You, should I do everyone here? That we might as well, right? So. All right, so let's next? ladies first, I guess. Let's okay. go with Kathy. All go right, ahead. Kathy, what's your favorite word? Mm. Moist. No, that would be the, my, oh, the yeah. word I, yeah, yeah. I hate the most. Uh, okay, we got that one off. So. Yeah, that that one is definitely moist. Um, I don't know something like again with, with this theme, like florally, like floral. Floral. Okay. Okay. It's, it, this is all what what you want. What turns you on? Nothing. Not much. I like when I sit on my belt buckle in the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Preston, what was your answer again? Two uh, girls at the same time. <laughs> two chicks at the same yeah. time. You can skip that one. <laughs> Just skip that. No, honestly. What... I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Okay, well, listen. It doesn't have to mean sexually. It can yeah, mean what, what, what it can be floral. It can be yeah. arts and crafts. What makes you happy. Shopping? Right? What about, oh, like, there a it is. Foot there you go. Shopping. What, uh, how about this, Kath? A, yeah. a, a neatly cleaned bed. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, but I don't know. Like. And turn her on. That's not going to turn me on. Like, I would love to get into it and go to bed. Yeah, and go to sleep. I like when my husband is amorous, but he falls asleep early. <laughs> what about like a man in uniform or something like yes, that? Yes, you like that. Yep. You do like that. We know. That's a good point, Casey. Okay. All right. What turns you off? Um, hmm. I think somebody who's, uh, okay, fake people. Fake okay. people. Who put, who put on Airs. that they're so nice. Great answer. Okay. Backstabbers. 
Duplicitous people. Not, I mean, yeah, backstabbers, but like just somebody who you know you talk to and you're like, that is just not real. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know what you mean. I got to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite curse word? The F word, for uh-huh. sure. Mm-hmm. Do you and use nothing, it a lot? Nothing in front of it. All right. Just, oh, just straight up. Straight <laughs> up. No modifiers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What profession other than the one you, we already said you'd like to work right, in the yeah. floral industry or yeah, something of that something nature? Yeah, like, something like that. What profession would you not like to do? Um, well, I think there's a number of them, and I think you guys all had had good ones: politician, case, uh, a uh, prison guard, things like that. But Daredevil, and this, and this is like way out. But I would never be an astronaut ever. No, <laughs> wow, that really was high on my list of likely cat the right? alternative jobs. <laughs> astronaut. All right, and if heaven exists, what uh, would you like to hear God say when he, you arrive at the pearly gates? I think like what I said when when Preston was thinking about his. Um, it's okay. Come on in. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, these are all. I mean, these the, the series of questions are, I think are, are pretty insightful. Though when put on the spot, even things that you may have been resolute about all your life, it's like I definitively yeah. have to answer this. Yeah, yeah. it gets difficult. And yeah. and so uh, we'll go with you, Nick. Your favorite word. Um, well, I guess it's a little unfair because I've been hearing all the yeah. questions to, to everybody else. But I love the word ma- ma- mellifluous. Even yes, though it's difficult to say. Yes. Yeah, it sounds pretty. What yeah. is your least favorite word? The uh, C word for the female anatomy. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say cup. Yeah, cup. <laughs> yeah, a cup. <laughs> you prefer cooter. We haven't heard that in a long time. You don't have that ready? No, I just hit it. Oh, I yeah, a cup. There it I is. said it at the same time as me. <laughs> oh, wow. It was in stereo. All right. What turns you on? Uh, intimacy. I was going to say free Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> Turn me on. I appreciate it. Oh, you appreciate it. Yeah. What turns yeah. you off? Kathy's answer is great. Uh, the fake people, but um, <laughs> as trite as this may sound, lack of interest—you know, just not not being respectful and kind. All right, what sound of noise do you love? Um, wait, you, know, you did? You skipped me on that. I didn't get that question. I didn't. All right. Sorry, I thought I did. No, 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 what okay. sound? What annoys you about right. Kathy? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what sound do I love when Kathy answers a question directly to me? <laughs> no, um. The kids' laughter one is great, but I, I'll give you one that that I love um, yeah. for multiple reasons is um, the sound of baseball in the spring. Oh, okay, well, that makes sure. Sense. I can understand. What sound of noise do you hate? Um, Chewing. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, people are angry at one another, visibly or audibly yelling at one another, I can't stand right. fights. Confrontation of a sort. Yeah. All right. And uh, what is your favorite curse word? Sea sucker. Okay. It's a good one. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Teacher. What profession would you not like to do? This is a difficult one. I honestly, I, I think I'd have a really hard time doing Bill Weston's job. Being a program director, I think, is difficult. And it's hard, yeah. yeah. so that. And he's, wow. uh, he's, he's great at it. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, all of the people that you've missed are here waiting for you. Okay. And that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, Kathy, I'll give you your, uh, your, your uh, noise. What's the sound of noise? Uh, what sound of noise do you love? I think um, you've been hired I, at Floral and Hardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like almost like a uh, rainforest, maybe. Oh, okay, oh. the sound of uh, rain. Okay. Yeah, right. I would. I no, not well. No, birds not like and birds and like that. waterfalls, maybe. Yeah. Um, so a little different than the ocean, but <laughs> uh, which is weird, right? Because I hate birds. Uh, and then yeah. this, the sound that I hate really I love is. This. <laughs> 
I love the sound of nature, even though I hate animals and nature. <laughs> <laughs> what this sen- is true. <laughs> she hates birds. We know that. I mean, when it's just stupid. Yeah. No, but when it's I brown. when I meditate, well, yeah, those dumb birds are on here. There's no interesting birds around here. Um, when I meditate, that's what I listen to. Is, oh, you do? Like nature right. sounds, yeah. And what? the sound that I hate 100 percent is is eating, chewing, eating and chewing. Okay, yeah. people all chew with their mouths open, mm-hmm. and and uh, okay, you haven't had the exposure to Preston's sister, so there's no way to compare. No, but I can't wait for her to. <clears throat> yes, yeah, yeah. Let's get Marissa. All right, in. Marissa. I, I want her in the studio for this because we've got uh, other noises. Oh, all you down here. And uh, we'll have her on. And then, Steve, we got to do you last. All right. We're it's going to be unfair. Have, yeah. have to do that. All but right. uh, let's go with uh, Marissa. So you've heard the questions, right, Marissa? I have. I okay. have. And I've definitely been influenced by, by the way, a little bit. Somebody said the sound of free shipping should be Kathy's. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> That's a text that came out. My girlfriend texted me that. That's uh, exactly what she said. I love it. <laughs> all right. Fire away. All right. What is your favorite word, Marissa? I love the word copacetic. Mm. Copacetic. That's a great word. <clears throat> just yes. on the just on the sound. Yeah, and I'll just wedge it into a conversation. Just <laughs> uh, asking, right. like, if it's cool. It's, hey, that copacetic? I think I have a copacetic infection. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds dirty. What is your favorite, what is your least favorite word? I think um, it's from you guys the other day when we were talking about cucks. Oh, <laughs> Good answer. That just you hate that word? So uncomfortable. You hate the word, but you love the concept, right? No, okay. neither. <laughs> what turns you on? It could be the same answer. Uh, oh, God. Cucks. <laughs> Cucks. <laughs> Cucks watching me. I guess um, just, just kindness and just people like um, going over the top. Okay. All right. And it's funny because when people answer, they'll sometimes go with a very, um, and I don't think it's indicative of of your depth, but sometimes the question catches you. Like you went with a word that just sounds interesting yeah. as opposed to the meaning of the word. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. and it can. I, I'm sure if I were to ask you tomorrow, you might have a one that's based on feeling as opposed to, you know, it's just the way we are. So, all right. So uh, what turns you off? Um. Oh, just annoying, rude people. Okay. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What around, uh, what sound or noise do you love? I'm not copying Casey, but as soon as you said it, it like soothed me in- instantly. Mm. I-, I think the sound of the ocean. Okay. Waves breaking, just yeah. laying on breaking the beach. Breaking over it's handicapped children. It <laughs> <laughs> is a great sound. I, yeah. I agree. I can fall asleep to that sound. Any time of year, you could just be sitting on the beach, even if it's cold out. Mm-hmm. What sound or noise do you hate? Now, you live in the city. This is going to be very specific, um, but the sound of, like, girls screaming at, like, a Taylor Swift concert. Oh. Wow. Like that high-pitched... The woo. The or, woo. Or, yeah. Like, ah! yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. It's more right. of... Hey, girls. guys, it's Taylor. Uh-huh. Tay-Tay. Tay Tay. So, I just I just thought of one. I, and yeah, because please. I went burst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the alarm clock. I oh, hate it. Yeah, yeah. I hate it with every fiber of my <sighs> being. And, and if Preston? I hear the same sound that I have on my phone, like, like somebody, in a commercial or Kathy? something, yeah, or yes. someone has it as a ring or something, yeah, You're I'm like, so oh, I hate that. Right. I, I will when I hear it used in the commercial for a product. I will hate that product for yes. all the yeah, days yeah. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Note right. to advertisers: Don't, don't use, use an alarm clock. <laughs> Have you guys Sounds heard that we hate? Have you guys heard the the alarm that I made for myself? That actually is the only alarm that like really works right off of the bat, and it's my "Oops, you're going to be late" alarm. No, what is it? Oh man! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Casey's car alarm. 
<laughs> um, here, I'll, I'll play it for you. Uh, right. Here we go. Uh, I got to do this, and here it is. Casey, dude, this is you. Wake up. Casey, wake up. Okay. You're going to be late for work. That's your alarm clock? That's my alarm clock. It's been working. He's been very early for a couple of months now. I can actually... Dude, wake up. (laughs) Right before you even hear me say Casey, you can hear kind of like the the microphone kind of open. Yeah. That wakes me up. Wow. So wait, but hold on. Do you think that it's your voice that's that's actually waking you up? Yeah. Like like that's actually... not making you snooze and go back to sleep. Right. I think, Kathy, there's also a sincerity. You can hear your desire to make sure you get up. Yeah. In yeah. Your, it, it, the other version of you knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The sleeping version's like, shut up. I don't, I don't like the other <laughs> yeah. version. Yeah, but the awake version is like, dude, you, you're... Interesting. Yeah, well, there's yeah, empirical yeah. evidence that it works because he's here very early now. He's, he's when, I when have, I get here. I may have to do the, that with my kids because they have a hard time waking up. And I had looked into other alarm clocks. They have one that actually an attachment fits it slides under your mattress or under your pillow yeah and it it vibrates like crazy and right. it will physically you know make you react i, to I it. wake up so easily i've never I had too. that issue yeah, yeah. I, and i'm I, listen i'm very very envious of that I, I i'm just i've never been that type of person for a little while i thought it was because of you know whatever number i did on myself the night before and but then I go back in history. And I'm like, no, I, I always had a hard time waking up before I okay. ever had a, had a drink in my life or whatever. I always had a hard time waking up. Uh, now, if you want to know how to do this, I had to jump through a bunch of hoops. And the final hoop was actually getting that voice uh, into GarageBand. And then I was able to then import it over uh, into my Oh, you had to make it like an MP3 mm-hmm. and then use that as. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yep. Well, do a little research if, if that sounds like something you might need. I like it. Back All to right. the questions. Well, sorry. And oh. I may have one more sound that I hate. Okay. You guys are really going to laugh at me. Um, like, complete silence. In in where, like... Like if, in a vacuum? No. Like, if we are going... She could fit in a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> if we're staying somewhere that's, like, not the city, and I go outside... Sure. And it's just really... Really quiet. You, yeah, mean, you mean like way, like way, way out, like in Brimar? <laughs> well, you're no, used to it. You're used like, to city sounds. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if we're saying you're used um, to it, yeah. at like Hershey Park, and like you just kind of like go outside the hotel, and it's just like nothing. I will tell <laughs> you what's no one alarms. of the most disconcerting sounds <laughs> is when you do sensory deprivation, and you are in the tank. I I I, I told this on the air. It's going to be nice and quiet. You're gonna you're gonna relax. <laughs> And when you're in there, you're hearing. (laughs) (laughs) All everything that's going on inside your body is now completely Uh hearable to you. I couldn't. Your food being digested, your your sphincter contracting and opening. And the, but the lights, that was worse for me. Like the, the the quietness I could take, but that it was that pitch black that there was not one ounce of light coming in. I was petrified. I almost I think a, a sensory deprivation tank with a little bit of like like a little spa music. I know that's not you full can do sense. that. No, you can, can you? Yeah, yeah. How come they didn't tell me? No, they didn't do it there. But, all right, all right. Uh, but there are uh, various places. All right, uh, what is uh, your favorite curse word? Uh, probably mf'er. Okay. Okay. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Social influencer? <laughs> Not social influencer, but like social media for like a business or something like that. And like uh-huh. helping a business grow organically 
um, through social media and marketing and that kind of stuff. You'd be excellent at that. By the way, yeah, Marissa does virtually all of our social media, so yeah. that's, uh, that, that's her when that's you see that successful. stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, if our hands touch it, it'll collapse. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? I think anything managerial. Okay. Mm. What are you kidding Though me? Though you are do a good manage manager. All, every day, all yeah. day. But, but she, our that's interns. all you do. Yeah, I can, like, manage people on our level, but, like, I couldn't be, like, uh, Joe Calper's, Bell or... Calper's boss? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't have to... I wouldn't want to deal with people on a, like, be in secret meetings and know that people sick. are getting fired a month before, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Right. That's right. Taking and, orders for this chick. <laughs> <laughs> and how to manage different personalities. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't manage, manage everybody the same way. It, it's, hard. it's hard to do. You're right, Preston. There's a skill set that's involved with that where you and talk about, like, Bill Weston and having to... Yeah, Bill's good at it. To be able to do that is something... To know your limitations is a valuable thing, and I would fail miserably at that. I mean, you guys mentioned interns. Uh, we have these students that come in for six months, and... Over the years, I have changed a lot because when we first started, they were, I was the same age as all the interns, and now I'm not. Um, but, like, you learn the different ways that people uh, grow and, and teach and learn, and, and having to change that every six months and do that with a whole company of people, screw that. What um, profession, oh, no, if you get to heaven, what would you like God to say to you? Mm. Didn't <clears throat> expect to see you here. Ah. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't really know. That, that right. doesn't. That thought kind of doesn't cross my mind. Okay. All right, Steve. All right. I have the questions here. All right, you got them? I do. All right, you ready? Rip, yeah. What's your favorite word? What is your favorite word? What is your word? favorite word? A word that I've been enjoying a lot lately is liberty. Okay. Mm. Liberty, 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 yeah. liberty, liberty. Is that why? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it the meaning of the word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is your least favorite word? Uh, exculpatory. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you use it quite a I bit. I use it quite a lot. What turns you on? Uh, hand job. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, what turns me on is actually, um, uh, as of late, uh, t- tapping into other people's excitement about things. Ah. Like you being excited about your drumming. Okay. Um, uh, that is exciting to me. I like to uh, experience, wow. I like to be. Uh, um, receptive to other things and perhaps get turned on to other things. You're an experienced cuck. I'm an experienced cuck. <laughs> That's That's what the you, you All right. I'd yeah. stroke the drum a little harder. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Up right. and down. I put the stick in your mouth. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. What? What turns you off? Uh, being a humiliated cuck. <laughs> you don't like the humiliation? I don't like when they hold my head right next to the guy, and yeah. I hate that. Yeah, see what I'm doing to your yeah, wife yeah. here? I don't like <laughs> that. This? I don't like when they put the you ashtray thing this, in my mouth. Yeah. I don't like that. All right. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Uh, he's alive being screamed at awake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You love that? Yeah. Because that would be a joyous occasion. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, let me see. Um, I thought it would be bigger. Okay. <laughs> That's a phrase, yeah. but sure. Um, what is your favorite curse word? I'm, I'm a big mother effer guy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will switch in sea sucker uh, now and then, but uh, mother effer is a... Uh, I think it's pretty potent. It's also something you can use around children, uh-huh. and it's safe. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but it's a uh, it, it gets the job done. It's a catch-all. It's a catch-all. 
What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? It's kind of in this in the same same realm. Um, you know I, what? Um, when asked this question earlier, I, I honestly, I there's nothing. I I, I don't. I, I I love what I do, and I do what I love, and I've always wanted to do this. I I wanted to be a rock star. I mean, that was that was a different time. It's, but this is it's this similar. Is what I've always wanted to do, and I do it, and I'm happy doing it. And I can't see myself doing anything else. Like I do, I do. I, I feel that same way because I'm allowed to do comedy, and at every at every point in my life, I was able to make a living off of something comedically based. So, uh, but I do. Like, I, I do love gadgets and tech and uh, that sort of... I mean, I, the obvious would be, if it wasn't this, like, filmmaking and, and stuff like that. But I think that sort of still falls in the same realm. Yeah. So something, you know, tech-based or, or um, uh, te- technologies, uh, you know, okay. uh, development, something like that I could, I could probably get into. But I, I think you're right, Preston. I feel the same way. I've got it. I've got what I want. What profession would you not like to attempt or do? <sighs> Managing a cuck's schedule. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's got to be yeah. really overbearing. If you, like, confusing. double book somebody. Yeah, and, yeah. and then oh. you've got two cucks sitting <laughs> yeah. in a room. It's awkward. Two Dude, cucks. there was somebody here already. <laughs> two cucks in a room is a great band name. By the way. <laughs> two girls and a cuck? Yeah, yeah two, two girls, girls and a cuck. cuck. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right, and then uh, the last one, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I don't know if it's Kathy or whoever said it, but um, all the people that you have loved are here. That was Nick. Yeah, waiting for you. Yep. All yeah. right. Yeah. It's a it's a nice little profile, and it's one that we haven't heard in a while. James Lipton passed away, and uh, that was his standard series of questions at the end of every episode that he would go through. With the celebrities, and I think that's a, that's a great idea. And it's kind of, yeah, it's a nice profile, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it can change from hour to hour, I'm sure, but it's uh, it's cool. Absolutely. All right, uh, but uh, anyhow, we thought it would be a nice little uh, trip down uh, memory lane and into the psyche of Tabit. So try it out. Ask ask your coworkers what turns them on. See what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I would like to give away a $50 gift card for PJ Willihans. A little bit later on this morning, we're going to announce the winner of the VIP experience for the Cardboard Classic with PJ Willihans. But right now... I'll take call number 12 and give you a $50 gift card at 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call right now. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Got some bizarre file stories that I've got set up for you, so don't miss them. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Green Day. Sturgill Simpson. Papa Roach. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. I want to give away another $50 gift card for P.J. Willihans. We're going to be announcing the winner of the VIP at Cardboard Classic, courtesy of P.J. Willihans, a little bit later this morning. We'll take caller number seven right now, though, and give you that $50 gift card. You can check them out at pjspub.com. 215-263-WMMR. Let's do the Bizarre File. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by hers. Ah, spring training, the grass, green, the sun, shining, and the chips, crunchy. Mm. When it comes to snacking, keep it Philly, Philly. Hers, official sponsor. 
of the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a scary story. Barry Norton was active and healthy, but Saturday afternoon, he was filling a prescription for antibiotics at Shoppers Drug Mart when he was given a cup of pills and told to take them on the spot. His wife, Shelly, said, uh, what's going through my mind is, well, this is a different antibiotic. Recalling the conversation we had, uh, she had with Barry after his pharmacy visit. Naturally, Barry was confused. He questioned the employee who double-checked with her colleague. Uh, she said he speaks up and tells Barry, yeah, that's right. You just take that. Take Go ahead and drink water and take it. What? Barry went home, continued on with his day. Soon his phone rang. It was the pharmacy. Uh, and apparently Barry's a contractor. He records all those conversations for work, and this is how it went. The pharmacist said, I need you to go to the hospital right now. He said, need me to go where? I need you to go to the hospital. Hospital? Yeah. She gave you the wrong medication, the pharmacy told Barry. He was given a dose of the slow-release, powerful opioid known as Cadian and a potentially lethal dose at that. Oh, my God. She said the ICU nurse said that if he had come home and consumed alcohol like an afternoon beer or something, uh, he would not be here today. Uh, It would have killed him. He was rushed to the hospital and collapsed in the bathroom. His blood pressure spiked and he was wrapped in compression bandages due to concerns about blood clots. By Sunday, he had to be given a dose of Narcan to help restore consciousness, but he slipped in and out. Friday night, he was due to be discharged from the ICU, but tests revealed he had blood clots in both his lungs. Oh, my God. He would also need to do follow-up testing for the next six months. At this stage, his family doesn't know what the long-term effects will be, and they want some answers, obviously. Uh, The pharmacy has launched an internal investigation along with a separate investigator by the B.C. College of Pharmacists. So that is terrifying. They did offer him double bonus bucks, though. He's got to consider that. Losing a thumb is not on anyone's bucket list, but it's not all that bad, as you still may be able to use your severed thumb to unlock your smartphone, according to a man in Belarus. Well, that's comforting. Yuri Vinogradov lost a thumb in a circular saw-based accident three months ago and has stored the severed digit in his freezer since then. I have to make a call. The 53-year-old had hoped that it might be sewed back on, but due to his age and the fact that he has diabetes, doctors advised against it. Presumably, desperate to put the frozen thumb to some use, Yuri decided to see if it could still be used to unlock his phone using the sensor. That's effed up. With the help of his 31-year-old son, Pavel, they conducted an experiment in their home. Their initial attempt to unlock the device with the frozen thumb proved unsuccessful, so they decided to thaw the thumb in warm water, which seemingly worked. Video shows the device appearing to unlock as Pavel uh, commentates the proceedings. He said it worked, and it worked again. It Sounds works. like a great new animated movie, Frozen Thumb. And the screen reacts to the thumb. Uh, this may not seem surprising to you, but tech experts and phone makers have previously claimed that it isn't possible to unlock a smartphone with a severed digit. Uh-huh. In 2016, Professor Anil Jain was asked by police to unlock a dead man's phone because the uh, it contained potentially useful evidence. He told investigators using the dead man's actual finger wouldn't work because an electrical circuit was required to unlock the phone. Turns out, though, there are actually more uh, than a half dozen different technologies and combinations thereof that various devices employ to read prints with varying levels of reliability. And yes, some of them would indeed work with a finger that you chopped off of a dead friend. (laughs) Well, that's uh, a little terrifying. Isn't it, though? Yeah. I didn't know that. A 34-year-old man who was recently treated at the hospital for several longer-than-normal erections, including one that lasted 12 hours, 
likely had the condition due to frequent use <sighs> of marijuana, researchers say. A 12-hour pot boner? Yeah. A team of doctors say it is the first known case of cannabis-associated priapism, priapism in a patient where all other known causes of priapism have been excluded. Priapism is a long-lasting, painful erection that usually lasts more than four hours and is unrelated to sexual activity. If untreated, priapism, which is often caused by use of prescription medication like antidepressants or illicit drugs use, drug use such as cocaine, wow. cause permanent damage to the penis. Is the first time that researchers have recorded an instance in which priapism was believed to have been caused by consistent use of cannabis. Was the pain at all mitigated by the marijuana? I don't think so. Experts wrote about the unusual case of a 32-year-old healthy African-American man who was admitted to the hospital after complaining about a persistent erection. Uh, actually, on several erections. Uh, two weeks later, the same patient had paid another visit to the emergency room, this time because of a six-hour erection. During the hospital visits, he was given an injection of... Uh, phenyl pref, uh, phenylphrine, I guess is how you pronounce that. Phenylphrine. Which helped the erection subside. The patient told doctors that he smoked cannabis several nights per week in the past six months, including within two hours prior to each presenting episode of priapism. During the six-month period, the patient reported that he had at least four instances of erections lasting close to four hours. They eventually passed on their own. Oh, my God. In his 20s, the man said he stopped using cannabis and never experienced priapism during that period. I mean, Uh, after a while, you'd run out of people to bang. The researchers could not uh, definitively state why cannabis caused a long-lasting erection, though they did put forward a theory which states that chemicals in the plant may have switched off signals in the brain that end normal erections. Pretty weird, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> One last story. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. There was a crisis averted in the studio. Casey here. sprayed some Febreze in his general area, so I, I do appreciate the effort. All right. Uh, I love this story. Penn State students are in mourning after a Taco Bell located in State College, Pennsylvania, closed abruptly last week, and a large group of students from the school gathered at the shuttered location on Sunday night to hold a vigil. I can it. see that. <laughs> it was organized by a student and managed to draw not only students, but also locals and former employees. Uh, Pajesh Patel appeared before the crowd wearing a tortilla costume <laughs> and said, We are all we are all shooketh after hearing about the closing of this beautiful, beautiful state college establishment. Taco Bell was our home away from home. And added spice to our life. <laughs> now, there's one like two miles away, but this one was like right on campus. I love it. Within walking distance. So they uh, they had a, a yeah. vigil <laughs> for the closed um, uh, Taco Bell. Love it. All right, and there you go. And that's what I have for you in the Bizarre File at this point in time. Uh, so Friday, Steve, is the Furball, right? Yes, the Furball for and Morris Animal Refuge. You're going to be hosting it? I will host it. This is, I think, my fourth or fifth time. We have the executive director of the Morris Animal Refuge, who is here, Mr. Louis Kechia. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Oh, good morning. Nice to see you, Louis. Nice to see you guys. All We're... set for another uh, Furball, yeah? Yeah, we sure are. And how many, what number is this for you? This is our 23rd Furball. Wow. 23rd Furball. Have any of I hosted? Has it been five at this five point? Five years, Five years, okay. And uh, they're great. I mean, they're blowout parties. And the theme this year? The theme this year is the Roaring Twenties. So it's a great combination of the Gatsby, 
Prohibition, Flappers, and The Untouchables. So, wonderful time. Um, and actually, uh, no pun intended, it's called The Great Catsby. The I great... think that pun is intended, actually, <laughs> Lewis. I think it's very much intended. <laughs> the Great Catsby. I like that a lot. And it's at the Bellevue? It's at the Bellevue Hotel. So, what, what better wow. place to have a Roaring Twenties party than the Bellevue? So, I know a lot of people are going, and a lot they're getting really uh, jazzed on doing, like, uh, the Flapper costumes and the, uh, you know, and, and Formal wear, obviously, or trying to get as close to period pieces as possible, but it's not necessary. But it's it's a chance to kind of get uh, dolled up a little bit, but help Morris Animal uh, Refuge and, and let people know what the uh, the work is you do. It's really really good work. Yeah, it is, and it's uh you know you were talking earlier. It might be a great way to get Kate Winslet here. Yes. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I'm going to be wearing a, a Gatsby suit. And, yeah, uh, you know I could be yeah. Leo. Leo. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back and mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but, so Morris Animal Refuge is the first animal shelter in America. Yeah. So Elizabeth wow. Morris started uh, sheltering animals in her own house in 1858. Wow. Uh, she did that for 20 years until uh, she could uh, convince the the city of Philadelphia that cats were domesticated animals before. Before that, they were considered like pests, rodents. Right. You know, um, nobody cared for them. They were abused and tortured, and she changed all that. She, wow. She uh, opened the first shelter. So really the first animal shelter in America and the first shelter in the world for cats. It's amazing. And also, that uh, you know, over its years, uh, no animal's been, been turned away. Uh, you know, I, I know I've been over there, and I've seen some weird things that you guys have that get dumped off at the doorstep, uh, you know, everything from pigs to uh, gerbils to turtles to, uh, you know, whatever. But Hedgehogs I mean, we've yeah, yes. <laughs> But the mission is, uh, you know, to obviously provide uh, resource and, and uh, medical care and all this uh, adoption and your ex- the facility is expanding, and um, and obviously that requires money. So yeah, and a good a good example of that is uh, in January we rescued a litter of eight puppies with Parvo. Yeah, and uh, Parvo is a very deadly disease, and uh, a lot of times even through treatment, um, uh, you get a lot of mortality with it. We were able to with a a lot of money. Uh, a lot of great medical care and uh, just a lot of great staff care to save every one of their lives. And the great thing is they're going to be the stars of the show at the Furball. Uh, they're all going to be there. They've even uh, done their own Picasso, uh, which we're going to be featuring as a live auction. Uh, so somebody will get the chance to kind of have that representation of what we mean if they bid high enough for it. And uh, so puppies will be obviously there, and all kittens, you know, kittens and everything, yeah. everything to pet and 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 cuddle with. And obviously, it's fun, but it's uh, the donations are there. The great the great thing is you go, you have a great time. Even if you don't, if you, if you're not an animal person, you can still go and have a great time. It's just it's a byproduct of what you do that. This goes to help benefit Morris Animal Refuge. But everyone I've been to, people have had a blast because you really pull uh, pull out all the stops. Yeah, it's a great party. And, uh, you know, these animal welfare people know how to party. So it's a good, we do, <laughs> it's we a do. good time. And tickets are available. We, we, I think we'll put the link up. I believe it yeah, is up on, our, our, on yeah. PrestonandSteve.com. And uh, they're... they're they're going fast though. Is there? Are there still a lot of? Yeah, tickets? there's a there's a few tickets left, and uh, especially for you guys, we wanted to have a special. If you buy through listening to this, it's if you use the code the more the merrier, you save fifteen dollars, and you can get tickets at phillyfurball.com. Okay, the more the and merrier. there's a there's a VIP cocktail from six to seven. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in early, right? Yeah, uh, and the, but the event itself is seven to eleven, and. Uh, uh, it's a whole night of just tearing it up. Exactly, and there's open a lot bar. of people. Yeah, open. It's open bar. We got some great, uh, great food choices: beef, seafood, pasta. Food's always uh, great. Entertainers are great. Oh yeah, we uh, got some bunch. 
cool things. We've got a prohibition pole where you pay a set amount and you can get a chance for any bottle of liquor there. And there's and wine and there's $20 bottles of wine and $200 bottles of wine. Nice. So really fun. And then there's, uh, instead of beer pong, we have, uh, because it's Gatsby, we have Prosecco Pond. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love we should it. go. But uh, yeah, and a chance to, to cuddle with some kittens and puppies. And as we said, all the money goes to uh, saving lives. That's what we're all about. We love it. All right, so at the Bellevue Hotel this Friday, so get on it now, and it's called The Great Cadsby. So dress the part, and uh, Steve will be there, too. I will be there. Through the evening. I'm coming right after the the, uh, Cardboard Classic (laughs) and heading on over, but it's going to be great. Excellent. All right, Lewis, good luck with the event, man. Yeah, thanks so much, everybody. It's good to see you. All right, let's hear from Lewis. Morris Animal Refuge right here in Philadelphia. We are going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We are going to meet the latest member of the Flyers. Derek Grant will be on the show. Uh, Then we have a few other guests uh, as the show goes on and more stuff to give away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Do you know you can earn rewards just by shopping at Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your rewards for discounts on gas at participating Exxon stations or for free groceries. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Just got a text that says, hey, uh, Preston and Steve Cruz streaming live from Amsterdam today. So I guess it would be this afternoon. The Windy City. Uh, No, it's not the Windy City. Are you sure? Uh, Well, it may be breezy. I don't know. Uh, wishing you guys all the best, and it says uh, uh, totsines, which means see you later. That's very cool. Thanks for checking in for I, I love that people listen around the world. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very cool. All right. Uh, we're about ready to meet a new person. We uh, love meeting new people, especially when they have uh, uh, are now calling Philadelphia their home. And uh, that is the case of this next gentleman. He just joined the Flyers a week ago and already mm. has donned the chrome helmet. Wow. Yes. Which is what a player gets for essentially being the player of the game. Yeah. Got his first goal and first assist as a flyer against the Rangers on Sunday night. They're on a six-game winning streak. Uh, they play tomorrow night uh, in Washington against the Caps. And uh, why not? Do we have any? Uh, yeah. Let me. Let's go the Flyers love to bring them on board. Uh, please welcome Derek Grant. Yeah. To the show this morning. Hey, Derek. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, well, welcome officially to uh, to Philadelphia. You've only been here for not that long, a few days, and you've already made a mark for yourself. How about that, man? <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been a, a wild. Uh, it was a wild couple first days, but uh, you know, settled in, and uh, it was good to um, get a few games in early and, and get out on the road a little bit with the guys. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Did you uh, now when you played for Anaheim? Did they have anything? Because I, I mentioned you got the chrome helmet the other night. Did they did they do anything in their locker room that was along those lines? Yeah, yeah, we did. We had a we had a helmet too. It was a uh, it was a Navy SEAL helmet um, from from one of our uh, staff members. 
Um, oh, so, so that's like uh, a legitimate thing. I mean, like here, <laughs> the Flyers had a motorcycle helmet yeah. and, and now the chrome helmet. It's, it's yeah. a, a Navy I mean, SEAL helmet's I'm, legit. Yeah, it's an honor to wear this thing, but it ain't no Navy SEAL helmet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it means the same thing, so it's, uh, it's still an honor to get either way. Okay, nice, man. Hey, listen, are you you're originally from Alaska, if I understand correctly? I uh, know that's Connor. I'm from uh, Vancouver. You're from Vancouver, okay. which is basically right. Alaska. Well, it's, it's the same. Exactly it's heading up that way. Yeah. Who were we Been talking right, to yeah. about Vancouver the other day? The comedian that yeah. was here. Yeah. Um, I forgot his name. Everybody forgot his name. Oh, no, man. that's great. <laughs> yes, he really made an impact on us, though. I guess he was uh, so good. He was so good. But Vancouver is a lovely, lovely city. And one of the great. And I've said this, and I'll say it many more times. One of the best vacations I ever took was to Vancouver and Vancouver Island and Whistler and the whole area. It's 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 uh it's gorgeous. Ivan Decker was his name, by the way. Ivan, Ivan Decker, Decker. There right. we go. Are you familiar with Ivan Decker? I am not. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Even you don't know. Yeah, you're, me neither. You're from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. We just had him in studio, dude. Man, you know what's wild? I I grew up hating the Canucks because they were they were always a good team. Pavel Bury. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and I'm sure as a kid in Vancouver was was that your team? Is that who, who you grew up? You know, wanting to be playing for? Uh, not really. Really. Um, it was uh, it was my mom's team for sure, but uh, you know I always like to to cheer against her. It was fun that way. So <laughs> you like to piss uh, your mother off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I was more of a, a Colorado Avalanche fan. I think more of a Joe Sakic fan than anything. Okay. Right. Um, so they had a good rivalry, so it was always fun in the house. Okay. Uh, what have you uh, have you ever played in Philadelphia in your career? You ever been through town to to play games? Yeah, yeah. I've been here. Uh, Quite a few times. Um, uh, the most recent, actually, this year in December, uh, took a hit from Hag, and uh, he, he put me out for about four weeks. So uh, wow, wow, that was my experience earlier this year. But uh, and but, now he's your yeah. teammate. Yeah, so what, what was the first <laughs> yeah. thing you said to him when you when you joined the squad? I actually haven't brought it up with him yet, so I'll wait for the right time. <laughs> well, listen, we were you know we're learning a little bit about you. You you, you had a nice uh, a nice intro to the to the city by you know getting a, a score, uh, getting a goal and an assist. Uh, so you know we were we were curious about you. So we we pulled up your Instagram account, and uh, you've got some. You look like you're you're a guy who knows how to have a good time because there's a lot of fun pictures on here. Uh, like uh, we're looking at one right now of you and your girlfriend, and I assume I assume that's your girlfriend who's uh, your dress is a Joker and she was Harley Quinn. Was that this uh, most recent Halloween? I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. It uh, we had a, just a team party. It was about a week and a half after Halloween too. So glad we weren't out in public or just over at a guy's house because people would have thought we were a little late to the party. That's for sure. No, no it's a solid costume, man. Yeah, did you do, did, did you do that yourself? Um, well, she pretty much got everything done for me. Um, she, she got the costume and everything and, and she did most of the makeup for me. So, uh, the props to her on that one. She, she did a really good job. Is, is she still in Anaheim or is she going to move to Philly with you? Yeah, she's still there. She's, she grew up in Newport. So she, uh, she has a, a job and, um, she's, uh, settled in there. So she's going to come out here, um, in the next week or so for a little bit. And then. Kind of go from there. Take it, uh, take it week by week, and, and see how see how often she can get out here. Listen, I mean, you le- you left a team that was not doing well, not in the playoff race in, in Anaheim, and I'm sure you had great times there. And it's an it's an incredible place to live. Newport's amazing, and the, and the beaches and everything that Southern California has to offer. But you leave there, you come to Philly, where when the the Flyers are hot, they won six straight. The Penguins have lost six straight. We've moved up to the second place. 
in the Metro Division. I always say we when referring to the Flyers, even though I'm not on the team. Uh, so what's it like leaving a great city, a great location, a place where people want to live anyway, and then coming to a place like Philly where it's, the team is out and the, the team's playing well? No, it's it's uh, it's honestly great. I mean, anytime uh, you get a chance at this time of the year to be playing meaningf- meaningful games and, and important games and making a push for the playoffs, it's, uh, it's what uh, we all want to be doing at this time of year. So uh, I was more than thrilled to to get the call that I was coming here and and join a team that that's been hot and and uh, you know we've been able to stay hot over this past week. Uh, Derek, you know, like I said, we're just, we're just kind of learning about you. Who all have uh, have you played for in in your career? Has it just been Anaheim? No, I I bounced around uh, quite a bit early. Um, I was in Ottawa to start and then jumped over to Calgary for a year and Buffalo and Nashville uh, all in the same year. And then joined Anaheim and ended up signing uh, in Pittsburgh last year and was traded back to to Anaheim. So uh, <laughs> most, I'd say about half my time I've, I've spent in Anaheim um, in the league, but um, definitely bounced around and, and collected a few jerseys. Um, have you, you know, I mean, I assume is the goal to settle in somewhere. I mean, we've had, you know, like, like G, Giroux here, has been here his whole career. And I got to imagine, listen, as part and parcel of being a, uh, uh, professional sports stars is you're going to bounce around a little bit yeah. unless you just happen to be one of those guys that, that kind of uh, hunkers down and stays in one spot. Is that the desired, other than winning a Stanley Cup, is that uh, kind of a desire to be able to, to have roots and call a place, you know, this is this is my area? Yeah, I think I think for sure. Anytime you get that uh, little bit of security um, and, and somewhere you can really just, you know, sit down and get comfortable and um is always uh is always nice but you know for me it's it's uh it's been one of those things that's that's been hard to find so um you know at trade deadline time uh when you're on a contract uh that's expiring and, and not on a great team it's you're uh you're kind of waiting and ready to to go somewhere else and usually that's to to a good team to a playoff team that's looking to make a push so um you know i kind of saw it coming leading up to the trade deadline and um, you know I'm just excited to be here and and uh, and and be playing for this run. Cool. So so get your girlfriend to start streaming this show and she'll desperately want to move to Philadelphia <laughs> once she hears us and then uh, you'll be locked and loaded it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Hey, speaking <laughs> speaking of the girlfriend so we just uh, we pulled up her social media account. Shocker, she's stunningly hot. Uh you know, and, uh, hooking up with a uh, the hockey player here, but also I noticed her name is Alexa, and of that reason, do you guys not have a uh, an Alexa device in your home because it would constantly be tripping off? Yeah, no, we don't. But uh, she's my little human Alexa. <laughs> there you go. Oh, she takes care of everything for you. Yeah, I'll give her the old Alexa. Turn the lights off. <laughs> turn off the lights will go off. And she does. Yeah. Oh my god. Or just change your name to Google Home, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. What are uh, Derek? What are fans like in Anaheim? Because it's you know it is a more low key place to live. I, I, Kings fans, I think, take it pretty seriously. They've won two Stanley Cups over the last decade. But what are and and the Ducks won uh, a decade or so ago. But what's yeah. it like um, being uh, you know in the arena? Because it, it, to me, it would seem very different than being in the arena in Philly. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know it's good. It's uh, it's different for sure. It's not a huge hockey market, but there's so many people there that we we still drew a pretty good crowd and um you know we had our loyal fans and our good fans and i think you know you get to the game early and there's not too many people in the seats just because the traffic outside but about halfway through the game the the building was always pretty full and 
Um, you know, a couple of years ago we had a good team and, and made the playoffs, and, and that was a that was a really fun atmosphere in that building. Um, you know, it's it's always tough when the team's struggling in a market like that, but uh, you know they they still draw pretty well, and um, you know I think it's it's one of those things you don't get uh, as much recognition around town as you would in a different market, that's for sure. But uh, um, no, they they did have good fans and um, loyal fans for sure. I don't know if we're jaded around here, but you just you just naturally think like a, a team as you know the history and the the the, the Flyers and you 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 know you won against the Rangers and the, you know there's this this whole thing we we tend to think of the a more meatier side of of uh, hockey is here, you know, and 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 when, so when you're on on the west coast and and you're the prospect of coming here is is presented to you. Do you, are you on the fence? Or are you like, wow, that's cool. I, 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 you know, this is something I want to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. No, I think anytime you you can be a part of it, it's, it's fun and it's uh, it's thrilling at this time of year. And and like I said, playing playing against Philly um, was always was always tough, and it was always a tough building to come into. And they had a a tough team that played hard, and um, you know, it's, to be on this side of it is is a nice change. Yeah. Hey, uh, looking on social media, and I'm quoting that your Baba makes the best pierogies in the world. <laughs> she does. Did did you did did you live on a diet of pierogies growing up? <laughs> uh, not not fully, but I did enjoy quite a few uh, pierogi meals. I lived with them for <laughs> about five weeks one summer when I was younger, and I probably put on about twenty pounds. Pierogies are good. So 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 that was a good summer. If your grandmother is a baba, what's your what, what do you call your grand your grandfather? I just I, he's just grandpa. He's just grandpa. Okay. Grandpa and baba. Yeah, she's, okay, she's very Ukrainian. So all right. Uh, looking at uh, looking at the photo of you uh, as you're holding up the um, uh, the pucks that you got your first goal and your first assist, you've got a big uh, toothy grin minus one tooth uh, that I can tell. What was what, was it? Two missing two teeth? Yeah, two teeth. What what happened there? What do you remember the incident that took place when you lost those? I mean, almost every hockey player's got some missing teeth. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one. That was about four years ago, and um, I was. I think we were on a power play or something, and I, I had lost my glove and was down on the ice in front of their net, and the puck went wide of the net, and the goalie had turned and was getting up and decided to lift his skate and kicked me right in the oh, right oh, skate in your Jesus mouth? Christ. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, it was, but, uh, I, was, like, I was fortunate that it just hit my teeth, though. I honestly I had two stitches in my lip, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, because that, that could have cut your lip off. Yeah. Yeah. I like in true hockey fashion, you go, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I was, that was fortunate. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I was fortunate. Yeah, was just one. I took a hockey uh, a, a, a skate to the face. Did that, you, was, that was a good one. Did you miss a shift, Derek? Uh, yeah, I think I missed a couple shifts, and then I was able to get back out there. Oh, my God. You guys are insane. <laughs> yeah. You guys are insane. And you see it time after time, and you just don't see it in other sports where somebody gets mangled, and then they take a two-minute break and come back out later on. It's unbelievable. Wow. Now, your sisters uh, played collegiate hockey. Are they older or younger, or, or are you in the middle? What's what's the, the lineup of your uh, your siblings? Yeah, they're both. They're both older than the baby, so um, they wow. both played hockey. The it, second one was a was a goalie, so um, got to shoot lots of pucks on her in the driveway. Wow! And, uh, yeah, they're both. Uh, my my oldest has has a couple kids in hockey now, so um, I guess you could say we're a hockey family. Did, did they did they kind of help pave the way for you a little bit? 
Uh, I actually started playing first. Wow. Um, and then they they jumped on after, but uh, it was always fun. We we spent a lot of time was at the rinks, and um, you know if they were playing, I was there um, with a with a stick and a ball in the in the stands and playing with um, some of the other younger siblings out uh, in the back. So we were always I always had a hockey stick in my hand, um, and uh, we were always at the rinks. And, I, and my parents were really busy. <laughs> I, I I hope you have great appreciation for your parents. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Not only the time, but the money spent on equipment for hockey is that's an endeavor man that's uh they 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 sacrifice quite a bit for you and clearly it's paying off so i would imagine they're pretty happy yeah no they they uh they took care of us and they um made a lot of sacrifices that we could play and and a lot of travel to uh get us to games or to tournaments or whatever so um definitely something that uh you know i'm forever grateful for Nice, excellent. Well, listen, we just we kind of wanted to wel- welcome you. We're, we we we've been here in Philadelphia for over twenty years as a radio show, so we've we've seen them come and go, Derek, and we like to see them come and hang out for a while. And you seem like a pretty cool guy, and and hopefully you'll uh, you know make a name for yourself on this team. And listen, the Flyers are a team to watch right now. There, there's uh, you know uh, the the experts are now starting to speak up about uh, how you guys are really making a showing of it. And, uh, you know, we got the playoffs right around the corner. Yeah. And and we're hoping for great things, which I'm sure you are as well, right? Yeah, for sure. I hope we can uh, talk again in May or June when this thing's uh, <laughs> wrapping up for us. Awesome. Excellent. You know what? Who were we talking to? Was it Carter? Or no, it was um, um, uh, Elliot, Brian Elliot, that if the Flyers win the Stanley Cup, He'll do a moose call for yes. us. Oh, yeah. He promised. <laughs> so, Derek, is there any hidden talent that you have? Should the Flyers win the Stanley Cup that we could maybe say, all right, you need to do this for us? Is it, you know, you... Uh, not that I know of, but... Uh, make us pierogies. I got, a few months, I got a few months to work on something. Yeah, yeah. Will, okay. you, make a, will you make us pierogies? <laughs> Try. Get yeah, the recipe from, from your Baba. Baba. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got we got a moose call from Elliot. Right. We got uh, pierogies coming from Grant. We got to talk to G. He's got to do something yeah, for yeah. us yeah. too. All right, we'll get new on cars that. from yeah. G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll all get new cars. Yeah. As uh, he'll buy them for us because he can afford it. All right, uh, Derek. Welcome to Philly. Uh, good luck tomorrow night, and hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Excellent. All right, Derek Grant, yeah. guys, latest flyer. Just picked up and uh, had a goal and an assist the other night, and uh, that's cool. Like so that. his, his girlfriend is a soul cycle, uh, one of the... She's smoking hot, uh, <laughs> in phenomenal shape. Uh, I just, uh, we, we, we pulled up his account, and he's got a handful of pictures on her there, and then we went over to her account, and you're like, hello. <laughs> Do hockey players get the hottest girlfriends? Because uh, golf pros mm, can as well. Yeah, but so can basketball. All right. Uh, so... And... and... Baseball and Cronum and Cronum too. <laughs> Wait, Sport you don't of the think future. The football wives are hot. The football is. Listen, it's. Let's put it this way: If you're a highly paid athlete, you're gonna do yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's something about hockey girls. I know. I don't know what it is. I yeah. think the the cold keeps them younger longer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort like of a, a cryogenic thing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. All right. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to break in a moment, but real quick, I want it because this might be our only opportunity to get this story out. I saw this, and I thought this was uh, a lot of fun. Kathy and I saw this on the news this morning. There's a group of dads from Camden County yes, uh, who wanted to spend more time with their daughters, and they came up with this unconventional bonding opportunity. Uh, they are called the Daddy Bolt, and they're of the Lindenboro Chargers. They're a group 
of dads whose daughters all cheer, so they put together a dad cheerleading group. And they're good. For competitions. Wait, so, yeah. wait, the dads are cheering? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's hilarious. No, and listen, the, they the put a lot case. of work into it. Yeah, so the, the, the gal who was, I guess, the choreographer or trained them, uh, uh, her name is uh, Rachel Amato. She's the coach, the, the squad's coach, uh, said that initially they were like, okay, we'll just come in here and we'll jump around. And she's like, uh-uh. No, we're going to do stunts. We're going to do good stunts. And she said, I don't want to be embarrassed out there. So, Case, they're doing they're doing tosses. They're doing, all, like, you know, the, yeah. the aerial stuff. Uh, so these guys worked really hard at it. An hour and a half a day, I heard they were No, playing. an hour and a half a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got together uh, once nice a week stuff. for, uh, like, a couple of months, and they did an hour and a half a week, and uh, they worked really hard on it. And they put this together, and they just debuted it uh, the other day. And what a brilliant idea. And they said the idea, or, or one of the the, the fathers, uh, a guy named Eric Easter, said, a lot of us have sons uh, that play baseball, and we're coaches, uh, police officers, military, and now we found something that we can do to bond with our daughters. Aww. Your daughter, does uh, she still cheer? No, no, but she, she wants to get back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, by the way, that's an incredibly athletic oh, yeah. endeavor. Uh, the the, the uh, gymnastics involved in these uh, routines is amazing. Well, it's yep. so much more now. There is so much more gymnastics and even, like, the stunts and stuff that they do. We were talking about the injuries. Remember that? A while ago? Yeah. There, there was a big concern about the injuries. Yep. You know, uh, people uh, getting thrown and uh, landing on the floor and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, there's we, a really... we did some pretty cool stuff when I was in high school, but compared to what we did... You know, when I was in school in, yeah. in uh, the early 2000s, no, I'm kidding, the did late, you do, did the you, late uh, 90s, um, it, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, when I see them out there, I'm like, I can't believe that just a regular high school is doing this. Did you do, like, basket catches and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, we did all okay, that. Kind did of that. Okay. Yeah, we did a lot of stunts. Okay. Um, you were showing me some footage of a, a, a cheer that you worked up for returning Vietnam vets, Kathy, and uh, that was really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> no, but I mean, what they do now, like, these flips and, and, and like, it's almost mandatory that yeah. gymnastics is in it. We weren't big on gymnastics. There were only a few of us that could do back handsprings and that was like thrown in there but yeah. now it's like everyone does it yeah. you, need, yeah. you need tumblers you need tumblers to be yeah. in the squad. that's wild uh we went to a competition not this last weekend but the weekend before because uh caroline's friends were in it and yeah they had this gal that was doing these back handsprings all over the place and it was impressive yeah uh but i love that these guys got together and decided <laughs> to do this because like i said i know we wanted we had talked about us doing a, a lip sync thing and then i was like guys it's going to take up so much time. It's you. You have to. You got to work mm-hmm. to choreograph anything, and you have to practice it. And you, it just it takes a lot of time away. That's when we. That's why when we did the uh, River Valley Vocal Band, that was something we were naturally capable of yeah, doing. Right from the segued right into it. Glorious harmonies, and we took to it instantly. But this stuff would be too much. Uh, but I thought this was a lot of fun. I thought that was uh, that was cool if they did that. And to spend time with their daughters? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know what? Uh, like... Uh, we should have this guy, these guys come out at the MM barbecue and do the the routine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd would love that. That'd be awesome. Mm, that'd be great. Anything like this, like uh, Casey, like the um, the Sixers. Uh, what was the dance? Beefcakes. The beefcakes. Beef yeah, stuff like this is a great idea. Why yeah. did they do away with the beefcakes? It was great. And Casey was on the yeah. beefcakes. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I, you know what? I don't know. I guess maybe it just wasn't cost effective. Because people used to get up and go get snacks during their performances. <laughs> no, really. Like, you would see, like, when, when there were um, different halftime shows and stuff like that, mm-hmm. when they didn't have a crowd that stayed to watch, it was like, what's the point? Oh, yeah. Man. We weren't a halftime show, though. We were a timeout show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't necessarily think we were cost effective. We were divas. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. <laughs> you would see what we got compared to what the actual dancers got. Which is like, you know, we had like a little catered area that we uh, would set up in and we would just kind of like hang there and, you know, it would be dinner and, and, you know, soft drinks and all that sort of stuff. And the girls had a closet. But did you get paid? Yeah. Oh, you got paid on top of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The girls were probably so mad at you. Oh, of course they were. But we only did it, I don't know, like. Four times a season, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. four, maybe five, six times a season. It, it was, was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was definitely a good time. But, you know, it took a lot of practice, yeah. you know. What's yeah. the uh, the elderly women group that dances? The 76 or 70, 70s? 76ers? Sixers? Or, I forget 70s what it is. 76ers? The, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of really great dancers who happen to be in their 70s and 80s. Wow. And uh, and I've seen them a few times. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen them in person, but I've, in person, I've seen them on TV. Um, and they're they're great dancers. They just happen to be older ladies. Here's a text that says, my son has played hockey for six years, never had a serious injury, but my cheerleading daughter is always on crutches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right, interesting. I thought it was uh, fun. Hang on a second. Wait, what? Oh, 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 oh. Lauren's husband is on that crew. Oh. Hi, Lauren, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so your husband is on the Daddy Bolts? He is. He is a Mount Laurel firefighter. And this was, we have two older girls, and we just had a baby boy. Aww. So this was a way he wanted to bond with Mia. And she was beyond excited when he performed on Sunday. He's the guy that got, does the cartwheels. But, yeah, it's a great group of guys, and this was the way they saw and. They're, they love their daughters, and um, as you know, a father's love for his daughters oh. like none other. Yep, yep. Uh, what's his name? What's your husband's name? His name is Morton Gaynor. All right, and was he, did did he find out about it, or is he one of the people that, that helped uh, get the ball rolling? Well, ironically, they were in a group text message, and uh, my husband was feeling no pain, and, <laughs> you know, they were talking about, um, oh, these dad groups, oh, because somebody sent around a picture of another dad group, and my husband, uh, again, you know, feeling no pain, says, oh, they got nothing on us, and then it just kind of, well, we could form this, we could do this, and then yeah. the, the Lindenboro amazing coaches got involved, and everything went from there. That's I great. Love, I love it. So so they performed at this competition. I assume that's what it was, what we were watching video of. Are they going to be doing regular performances? So we're scheduled to go to Virginia Beach at a national competition. <laughs> <laughs> All of them getting drunk. Uh, All right. Gonna be doing it, um, they're going to be doing it again. So wow. we're, we're excited for that. And there's also another dad group that's apparently talking some smack about them. So, of course. We're, we're going down there in true uh, South Jersey Philly fashion, ready to, to kick some rear end. Yeah, you know what? Have it. At the core of this is a wonderful desire to spend time with your with your daughters and yep. and, 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 and you know, dads, uh, you know, being invested in their kids. It's it's an awesome message to send, and it's it's fun. Yeah, and they're good. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And at the end of it, the Lindenboro Chargers were one big family. So it's it's really it's a lot of fun for all of us. That's great. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Give him our best, okay? Thank you. 
All right, we'll talk see you later. I love you too. Bye bye. That's so cool. I love it. And I love they're getting the attention. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great that they're being uh, rewarded for their efforts. Yeah, what are part. the moms doing? <laughs> Casey Boy at WMMR.com Alright, Marissa When do I make this announcement? Do you want to do it right now? I think we should do it right now Oh my god, we're going to do this right now? I think so because we've got a guest coming up But PJ Wellahans is a fine sponsor Of the Cardboard Classic Which is this Friday Oh boy And we have a VIP experience That we are going to award to someone Who got registered at PJ Wellahans And I'm happy to announce that that person And is, by the way, is going to get An overnight stay, four lift tickets And four Cardboard Classic VIP passes In our very special viewing area Our winner... Is Craig Sanino from Habitat? From Delco. And uh, Craig gets that overnight stay, four lift tickets, four cardboard classic VIP passes. Congratulations to you, my friend. And you, listening right now, can get a $50 gift card if you're caller number 13. 13? Yeah. 215-263-WMMR for PJ Willihans. We will get you that right now. But congratulations, Craig Sanino from Havertown, Pennsylvania. You, my sir, are going to be in our very special area, and we will see you on Friday, hopefully, along with everybody else. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We have another guest who's going to tell us all about some cool... Actually, if you find it cool, the sordid history of Philadelphia murder and mayhem. We'll return in just a little bit. Make sure you stay with us. Springtime is in the air early as we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020, Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Disturbed. Royal Blood. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Probot. Dirty Honey. Mongolian Metalheads. The Who. And Jackson's local shots opener. Foxtrot and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th. BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Green Day on 93.3 WMMR. There we go. Got that out. Preston Steve Show. Uh, It is Tuesday. We got a lot of activity. More guests to welcome on the program. Tattoosday taking place. We have a new Daily Rush video uh, for you to see. It is called Casey's Face Mug. And it says this mug will change your life. It will. So if you'd like to see that video now, you can watch it at PressInstitute.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Club, Restaurant, and Bar. And I do want to remind you, we have another VIP uh, event with Pacifico, your chance to end up in this very special area, at the Cardboard Classic on Friday, lift tickets, accommodations, the whole thing. Marissa is going to be at Destination Dogs tonight. 
at 11th and Walnut, 7 to 9. Stop by. Get registered. Let's see if you win. We'd love for you to take that. And I think this is our last one, Marissa. Tonight is it. All right. It's your last opportunity. Let's take a look at NJM Insurance Group traffic, then we are going to welcome a guest. Kathy, what's going on this morning? An accident on the boulevard southbound at Broad Street, the left lane blocked. It's backed up to 9th Street on the Schuylkill Expressway eastbound. You're slowing from 202 into Belmont Heavy, the boulevard to Spring Garden. Westbound jams past Young to the Vine. The boulevard out to Conchahawk and Blue Route to 202. Blue Route northbound, heavy media to Route 1. Same on the southbound side, Route 1 to media. 95 southbound jams from Cotman through to Girard. Northbound side slowing from... Columbus Boulevard to the Vine Expressway, Cotman to Academy. Route 1 out in Bucks County, slowing northbound Meadow Road to Washington Road, Pennsylvania. Turnpike westbound slows Willow Grove to Fort Washington. Uh, and then in New Jersey on 42 North, you're backing up 41 to 295. 55 northbound jams Deptford to 42. And then over the Ben Franklin Bridge, you're jammed the mid-span to 8th and Vine. This traffic report brought to you by Staples. Staples can help you grow your business this spring by printing custom marketing materials. Visit Staples Print and Marketing Services today. Staples and that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, thank you very much, uh, Kath. So our next guest uh, does a tour of some uh, bars and breweries and uh, talks about murders <laughs> and things like that. It's a very interesting concept because uh, it's we're, we're fascinated with uh, uh, stories of of, of evil and, and mayhem and, and all of that. It, uh, it, it, it does fascinate us. And the series is called Felonious, the Sorted History of Philadelphia Murder and Mayhem. And the host of these events is right here. This is Sarah Kalen. Hi. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Our pleasure. So you are uniquely qualified to (laughs) speak about such things. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So um, the first portion of my uh, childhood, teen, and early adult life, I was in theater. And then at the age of 23, I decided, no, what I really want to do is be a cop. And I went and did that. And I was um, a police officer uh, for about 10 years and then decided what I really wanted to do was move into academia and study serial killers and serial sexual predators. Wow. And so, and I'm I'm still doing that. I do work as a cold case homicide investigator. You consult for uh, various... uh Organizations. And, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I usually work directly with an agency. I have at times done it um, for like documentary film stuff, where I'm not necessarily connected to the agency. Right, you are a filmmaker uh, as well. Correct? I yeah. am. Yeah. yeah, and I'm actually working on a doc right now um, where we, we are we are embedded. The doc is embedded with me and with the agency investigating a 26 year cold case in Alabama. I was looking at the 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 trailer, or I guess a teaser that's up for this, and it's there 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 are. Um, Explain that story that you're you're doing and how you approach something, a cold case that's decades old. Uh, Well, gosh, that's a great question. Um, Really what you want to do with something that, like, the way I go into one that's really, really old is is literally to start from the beginning. And so any case... As if the crime just happened? As if the crime just happened. Yeah, yeah. But with the advantage of also having the original um, investigator's notes and stuff like that. Now, the one that you probably saw the trailer was the one out of Oklahoma. Yes, And that one, we were not working in partnership with... The police agencies. Okay. So that one was tougher. It was harder. There were a lot of FOIA requests. There was a lot of difficulty in getting access. Is, the, is that a, is that a, is that a difficulty sometimes? Because sometimes I, I, and we see it depicted in movies a lot of times where ah, oh, there's oh, don't want to step on toes, don't want to step on toes, and sometimes you get that. Is that is that in fact the case a lot of times? A you... lot of times, yeah. Because I think, um, and understandably, in 
an investigation, especially for something as serious as a homicide or a disappearance, there is often a sense of, of like a need to know basis. Yeah. And even within an agency, when I was an officer, you know, sometimes I'd be working on something in the detective bureau and the patrol officers are not even made aware of necessarily what's going on in the course of an investigation. Everything's very, very tight. But as we're, I mean, and there are times when that's still really important, but what we're starting to see and with the advent of really good investigative journalism when it comes to um, to true crime is more and more agencies are realizing that they can walk a line with that and that there are some advantages to having fresh eyes, to having outsiders, and even to having more public awareness. So you can hold a lot of stuff back and still work with people. Sure. It's akin to my, my family and I, we, we put together jigsaw puzzles, and you can sit there and you can look for this one piece for freaking ever, and it's just you just can't find it. And somebody else walks in and goes, oh, yeah, it's right there. Right there. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it, a fresh set of eyes, yeah. a, a different perspective, giving you a break for a moment because you're so buried in one direction, I would imagine. That's that, exactly yeah, what happens. You sort of get blinders on. Yeah. yeah. And so this the next project that I'm working on, this case in Alabama, is very different. The agency has brought me in and is essentially letting me lead the investigation. What are the specifics of this case? This, uh, in November of 1993, um, a man testing his, like, he got new brakes and he was out testing on a dirt road next to the highway and found the remains of a decapitated female who had been thrown essentially off the high, like, you know, just tossed out, discarded. Um, And at the time, they did investigate as as well as I think the agency had the tools to do so, you right. know, at, at that time. But 1993 was a very different time in law enforcement. And all the stuff that we think of now that is sort of everybody thinks is kind of universal, like, oh, you know, fire starting and, and animal torture is definitely indicative of serial killers and stuff like that. This is all like everybody watches CSI or whatever thinks they know this stuff. It's true. That work had only just been published in the late 80s and early 90s. So a lot of agencies didn't know this stuff. Right. And so there were, there were things when I opened up this case, I was like, well, this is clearly based on this. This looks like this. This looks like that. That was stuff that wasn't even in in the toolbox at the time. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, as you said, I'm just starting from scratch. I've got 5,000 pages of case notes. I literally have gone through every single note, every single name, made a database for everything, and then I start pulling it in. In a second, we're going to ask you about some of the cases in sure. Philadelphia. We're eventually going to get to that. <laughs> but uh, Nick was telling me, Sarah, that you're you're a fan of uh, the show Mindhunter, uh, which my wife and I delved into, and have, we're going to watch it a second time as well. And, and it's funny that you bring up the techniques and so forth, because that is about the development of the behavioral sciences. And at first, cops and so forth were resistant to any of these things uh, as far as techniques go of looking into the mind of these people to find answers. Are there new things that, that and, and, and new ideas that, that are popping up that maybe are hard to get? Uh, officers or, or the powers that be interested in because they might be a little radical or a little different than we're used to running? hundred percent. Okay. I mean, yeah, as a field, um, law enforcement tends to be small C conservative, right? Like where it's like, well, this has worked really well, so we need to stick with this. But it's funny that you would bring that one up. That was uh, the original Mindhunter book, which John Douglas wrote 25 years ago, was what made, like I was three chapters into that my first week in the police academy, and I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Okay. Um, and But yeah, there are developments still in profiling now, like there, there are changes along the way, and the FBI, Behavioral Science Unit, and, and John Douglas and stuff, they tend to be much more receptive of those advancements mm-hmm. now. But we've seen cases um, where when the science changes an agency may be reticent and there are mistakes made because of it. There was a case 
in Texas around 2000 at the time that fire science was changing drastically. Um, Arson, you know, up until 2000 was looked at very, very differently. And then the science kind of got turned on its head. And we found out that there were all these convictions that were probably not actually arson. And there were people walking free where they probably had committed arson. And a man was executed because the agency refused to take in the new science. Was there some sort of uh, uh, some epiphany or something? Or was it was it a, 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 like a, a, a series of, um, of conclusions that they came to that sort of reversed what they were thinking? Because arson to me... You know, we, we think of these things, oh, this is one category, this is another category. But I'm sure this the, 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 the thing that drives somebody to commit arson is may have a certain DNA connected to someone who's a serial killer. Is that correct or is that incorrect? Yeah, no, no. And and definitely what you're talking about psychologically. Yeah. Um, what and but in this case what had happened was the actual science. The actual science. Been, the actual science of arson study. Like what what, so, what what's was anything specifically come to mind that they had believed that led to this They person? had believed that certain um like the the way the fire licks the walls and stuff right. like that in certain places was indicative of like a splash pattern of this and that and everything. And like with most Science, it's sort of constantly under review. And mm-hmm. so it, were, it was academics at universities who were doing, you know, follow-up studies and saying, we're finding different stuff. Mm. Yeah. And they were presenting that to this Texas agency at the time, and they just said, no, we can't. It's, it's got to be this guy. And that was it. Wow. Uh, so Sarah obviously knows what she's talking about, and that's what she does. She talks about these things, these true crime <laughs> lecture events. And you've got one coming up on Thursday at the Tin Can Bar from 7 to 9. Yeah. Uh, how do these roll out? Do you have a presentation? Do you open up the floor? What do you What do you do? It is a little bit of everything. Okay. So what I like to do is 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 take this stuff and and you know everybody is fascinated by this. True crime definitely is in a renaissance right now. Um, but it, I think as long as we're we're always careful where we're punching up and we're never you know making victims the punchline or anything, we can have fun with it too. People can learn and be fascinated by this and and also have a good time. So what I I like to yeah it is audience engaged. We do a trivia component. Um, you know, we make fun of some really stupid criminals. <laughs> it's the dichotomy, though, of it. Yeah. And, and we talk about this. And again, you're talking about like you know, the, the Dateline specials, the podcast, the things that proceed, the police procedurals. We're all fascinated with this. And I and I and you you said something that really does ring true is you don't want to re-victimize the victims, but it does allow us to understand, you know. That there, there, there is this happening out there. You, uh, you, you do thematic uh, things as yeah, well. I was yeah. looking at some of the things uh, that you have coming up. There is uh, Romance is Dead, Black Widows, Lethal Lovers, things of that nature. And uh, there's an 80s theme and so on and so forth. So you, you bunch them all into certain things. What do you find is the most fascinating to the audiences that show up to your to your uh, perf- lack of a better term performance? No, it, yeah, it lectures. does kind of it, it does yeah. turn into a, to a performance. Um, I, you know, honestly, I don't know that there's any one thing. Everybody kind of has a, 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 yeah. has a fascination they're excited by, and that's why I kind of try and mix it up. And felonious is my signature event because right. obviously it's Philadelphia and it's the greatest city on earth. Yeah. So obviously <laughs> we want to hear these crazy cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I, there's 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 another one coming up a week from tomorrow at the Devil's Den, which is the Warriors and the Wicked, and it's a celebration of women across true crime. So it'll be the, some of the law enforcement trailblazers and these like crazy female serial killers. And Real life uh, Clarice Starlings and stuff like that? Absolutely, from, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yep. it. So I wonder sometimes about the child predators and the, the psyche behind a child predator because it just seems like that's like the worst thing that you could do, right? And and as people are doing this, if they realize, if they know what they're doing is bad, or and and why sometimes they don't think of what might happen down the line, and why I don't hear or see of 
um, uh, uh, revenge more often when somebody has been perpetrated upon as a, as a youngster when they finally have a voice and or, you know, whatever, as they're older. If you remember the movie Sleepers, yeah, uh-huh. that, that was yeah. like a revenge movie. And you don't hear about that all that often. It, it, does, it, does that happen more often than... Uh, we hear about no. I, I mean, I think for the most part, what you're what you're describing the two different people on the two different sides of that coin. Yeah, one has impulse control problems and the other does not. Right now, what you will see more frequently is victims of child predation when they are children um, will grow into predators. Can happen, yeah. That's, right. they, that's an astonishing they, thing, and yeah. it's, it's and it's terrible, and they usually tragedy. feel as bad about it as they are unable to, you know, to control it. Isn't that, isn't that, it, it just yes. boggles the mind that so, you can it's be cyclical. so horrifically traumatized that you become what you fear. Yep. Do you ever dive into the case of those two people from, uh, that were on South Street that uh, disappeared that nobody's ever been able to figure out what happened? We just did a bit, a big true crime story on them. Yeah, uh, yeah you know I have there? not. I do know that story. And actually, that that's a, that's sort of a theme that I get people sending me emails from around the country where they're like, my cousin or my roommate or whatever went to a bar and like there's footage of them going in and never seen again it's it's kind of mm. yeah south street is not unique in that there's a really famous one in columbus um there's a they couple just around the country they just disappear on, they, they on were your, in a, a pickup truck right a, yeah, a pickup, pickup truck, truck. outside and, and, the tla and then just then nobody ever saw them again and it's just one of those mysteries that people seem to gravitate to because it just seems so odd that they up and vanished yeah it was it was uh, nick i have it to hear it was, it was 2005 february okay. and it was richard um patron and danielle imbo i think her name the names <laughs> yeah, were yeah, yeah, and yeah. just went went missing on your on your looking at your Twitter or one of your social medias, you, there's a there's if people want to do nefarious things and want to disappear, they can and and uh, you know it's uh, it it um but but it, it's it's weird because we always think you know they, they, they say the long arm of the law effectiveness wise, how good are we now at bringing people to justice who perpetrate? The kind of acts that you explore. When everything is done right, when the right tools are used, we are very, very good at good, it now. Good. And we are getting better because the si- when the science is embraced, I mean, quite frankly, we talk about the long, long arm of the law and that's great, but the long arm of science is even better. I mean, we're at a point now with touch DNA and the um, invention of the MVAC system um, where, you know, I can I my glasses here. I just put those down and 20 years from now they can pull my DNA off there without even trying. It's a I mind mean, it's amazing. Let me ask you on, 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 on that note, um, are, are, is the um, plethora of procedural shows and documentaries and uh, discovery ID and all of those things. Is that also helping to cultivate a more learned criminal element? Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, maybe, I guess. Yeah. But I don't think so. It's, I think it's rerouting some criminal decisions. But okay. eventually it's like the, the, the noose is sort of, you know, tightening um, around a lot of different ways to try and get away with stuff. Yeah. And we're seeing that with all this stuff with GEDmatch, with the uh, genealogical stuff, um, which, by the way, it was, you know, the um, the... Michelle McNamara book and the you know the GSK case and everything that that got all the attention, but it was actually a woman who did the uh, Barbara Ray Ventner was the one who did the uh, genealogy mapping to find him. So the GSK case, yeah, the Golden State Killer. It was, was uh, this Pat Oswalt's wife. Um, Pat Oswalt's wife, wife. Yeah, yeah, and um, and the agents out there, the uh, Paul Holes and the other detectives and stuff, who did a phenomenal job. But everybody talks about this genealogical stuff where they were able to get him through you know um, through family trees. 
Ladies, and that's actually that was a woman. So I wow, really here we go. Yeah. So, These are the kinds of things I talk about. What what are some uh, what are some favorite subjects? Uh, in Philadelphia, true crime. What are what are what are some uh, you know? Are there high profile cases or just uh, uh, what? What do you like to to dabble in, or what do people seem to respond? To? Well, what I really like to do, especially with the felonious case, is go way back in history because okay. there are some crazy cases. One of my favorites uh, is Anton Probst, who. Um, essentially just got mad because he didn't want to work on the farm that he worked on and it was raining and he hacked seven family members up with an axe because he just, you know, was just like, God, I'm so sick of this dang rain and like just kind of lost it. And that was just on a farm in South Philly and like, you know, uh, early 19th century. So that would qualify as as a mass, as a mass murder. That would qualify as a mass murder. There's another gentleman, uh, gentleman. Uh, another <laughs> lunatic, a guy, I because I, I tried to call up some stuff here to throw at you because I think this is, you know, H.H. So H.H. Holmes is, um, is I he mean. Is listed as the first mass murderer? He So he is often credited with the, the term, he's, he's yeah. called the first American serial killer, and it's just patently untrue right but it is i i do talk about him in uh in felonious because although he's most notorious for the murder castle in chicago when he right. killed all the people during right. the world's fair in chicago he it was actually a murder he committed in philadelphia while he was living here down at 13th and callow hill um that led to him being apprehended and then he was executed here and he is buried here and he right. had the in fact there was a question as to not whether or not he was he was actually yeah. um uh, buried. Who is the the guy uh, who actually one day took a rifle and just started walking? It was in the, in the, I think it was in this area. Um, I'm jotting down all these. There's apparently a lot of lunatics in the area. Oh yeah, a lot um, of lunatics everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, there, I was surprised at how many nefarious people. Uh, in, in historically speaking, Preston does a segment called the Historian, uh, and then we, a lot of times a lot of this stuff is highlighted that are from this area. But if you even come more recently, people like Ira Ironhorn mm-hmm. and other other. other I talk cases. about him in Felonious too. You guys will have to come. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, is is people are people like like Gary Heidnick? Uh, I, I hate to say like a hit parade, but that's obviously when you think about this area. Yeah. W- what's what's your story with him? And 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 uh, you know, have you? Uh, have you reviewed that, the whole case history, a lot? Yeah. Uh, so, hi, Nick. I also talk about Infolonies. Yeah. It really is sort of like a greatest hits, but yeah. with also with some of the really old stuff that people had not heard of. Um, uh, yeah, hi, Nick was a, a raging narcissistic personality disorder with uh, violent tendencies. Would he, would he be, would he be, would he, he be a classic example of what we perceive to be what movies movies portray the, the the classic serial killer as? Yeah, he's he would definitely be like, there's sort of like two or three. Um, avenues that that fictional representations like to go with, and he certainly is in one where he was he was popular and well liked in in certain ways. He was very successful in certain ways, and then always had people had a sense of him being kind of creepy and didn't really want to be around him. And he, be- had, he had a lot of the 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 components. He had severe head trauma as a kid. He, you know what I mean? Abused as a kid. So he's kind of got all the all the markers. And that would be true of like John Wayne Gacy as well, who was in, in, in his regular professional life, yep. was able to conduct everything and had this Pogo the Clown side thing that was obviously horrific. Yeah, clowns are horrific. Anyway. You cover the mob or is that uh, something separate? Um, I feel like you guys have been to the show. So I do try and do a rundown of the 70s, 80s Mob Wars in Philly as best as I can. Um, and in fact, it's got a little Bruce Springsteen strand running through it, you know, because mm. we, we start out with the chicken man being killed in Philly last night. So. Uh, <laughs> that Was that predicated on a real... Um... Yeah. Oh, wow. It sure was. So and it was the... sort of what kicked off um, the stuff with Bruno and, and uh, uh, Nick... Uh... Scarfo? Yep, yep. 
that was that was all tied in with that, and then the the war that happened out of that was based on the 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 Chicken Man. Being well, let killed. me ask you if this is true. I saw this name Harrison Marty Graham. Does that strike a bell? Here's a no. guy who's a murderer. Because I didn't know what you would know because it's, 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 apparently there's a lot. This guy apparently had a puppet that he walked around with. Oh, God. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not familiar uh, with okay. him, but I'm going to go ahead and jot that one down. <laughs> who, who to you Who to you is is, is um, the, uh, the great enigma? Who is, who is, at least of all the people associated with this area, who presents to you the most, um, uh, the, the largest menu of head-scratching elements? In, in the Philadelphia yeah, region? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, there is a case that was known as the Frankfurt Slasher in the 80s and 90s um, that, once again, a man died in prison for, and I think it, without a shadow of a doubt, had nothing to do with. Really? Um, And that was, yeah, that was in, you know, the Frankfurt area of the city, um, and there were a lot of women killed, um, very similar styles. I mean, similar MO and signature. So they were certainly all linked, most of them, if if not all of them. Uh, and that's never been solved. And the last one was in, gosh, I want to say 1990. Um, and I, I honestly, when I have some free time, I kind of want to sit down and, and, and plow through that one a little bit. On the, na- on the national level, the um, uh, the Zodiac Killer is one that's just, you know, Tweaks my melon because uh-huh. it's so bizarre. It's such a wild. I thought case. it was Ted Cruz. Didn't we solve that? Uh, it was Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole thing going around. For, oh yeah, yeah, there was a whole thing on Twitter that Ted oh, Cruz was the Zodiac. Well, there we go. There you go. But my question about that is a case like that um, because you know uh, a couple times a year you hear it, it very well could have been this person. It very well you know yeah. they, they we we have evidence that shows this and that. Is there a time when it is just too far gone and there's no way to connect the dots to definitively say who done it when it comes to a case like that? Because a, a lot of the forensic stuff, the things that, that were collected and saved are, are gone or missing. And, and you know, if at, at some point, if there's just no physical evidence, you're, you're just going to have to let that one go, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we certainly always want to have the attitude that, that, there could be something that could come to light that somebody did know something or somebody, even if it's, you know, 50 years ago that somebody told their grandkid on their deathbed, you know, something like that. But it's still but hard yes, to believe things of, like of that. Of course. You know and mean? then it's really hard to verify it. So, yeah. yeah, there's a difference between a case that maybe we think, well, this is almost certainly what happened and we have a solution and there, but that it would not be provable in court or something right. like that. Um, I think, sadly, the JonBenet Ramsey case is probably going to be like that because there was so much done at the time maybe that was incorrect or that you know there was too much contamination of physical evidence and everything that it's like we're we're probably really never going to have an answer to is that. the contamination of a crime scene the the, the oh. biggest culprit when it comes to to destroying it the, is certainly up there on the yeah. list yeah yeah how crime scenes are handled is just so important and again the science as we get better and better at that it's less and less of a problem how how often do you have? I mean, and how often does it legitimately happen where somebody does something? There, there's a, a series of crimes, say a serial killer, and then takes a long pause and then starts it up again. Uh, you know, because I think in this day and age of of copycats and and fascination, and now there are people who are are like very you know sick who tie into these people. There's a show called Prodigal Son 
uh, that sort of keys on this, that people copy these people. Yeah. Um, is there any case that comes to mind where, where somebody took a long pause? Absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. So the way, you know, we talk about the, the, the three different types of multiple killers, where it's spree killing, mass killing, and serial killing. And what defines a serial killer, what separates a serial killer from a spree, especially, is what's called the cool-down period. So a cool-down period, you know, they, they tend, it, it, think of it as like a little circle, almost like a recycling circle right. with, with the arrows. And so, Viral. Yeah, okay, there yeah. is there is like, uh, you know, the explosion of whatever the violence is. And then immediately after that, there is a cool-down period where they that release has, has been felt and they don't feel compelled, you know, to commit acts again. And then there's sort of a build and a build and... and the, the, the pressure the, valve. The pressure valve starts to build, and then oftentimes there's a precipitating factor, and then we have another explosion. So the cool down period and the build vary from person to person. There's no way to know because each one, um, because each serial killer is a snowflake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> there's no way to know what is driving that. What we do know is that that cycle tends to tighten over time. Okay. So and it's that's, like drinking. It sounds like you, yeah. you put a good buzz on; it feels great, and then after that, you're like, "God, I can't do that again for a little while." What, what's, right. what's yeah. the most? Clear? <laughs> but but the the deeper you get into it, the more you, you're you're. You're going at it. Yeah. Well, it's like anything, essentially, that gives you a high or gives yeah. you a, a release. Yeah, you need more and more, and that's why you'll see an escalation in the violence, too. Does a particular case come to mind where someone took a long pause and then returned? Well, um... BTK I mean, did. There, yeah, there there are a lot of those, and uh, Green River also had some yeah, long right. hiatuses, yeah. Golden State Killer. But Bundy is... Uh, part of the reason that I find Bundy fascinating, aside from I grew up in Florida, and he was yeah. executed right outside my hometown, so he was kind of like... A, right a boogeyman over yeah, my yeah. childhood, yeah. But um, what's fascinating about him is we sort of saw his whole professional career, as yeah. it were, as that cycle tightened and tightened and tightened. Because what happens is, you know, the cool down period gets less and the violence gets more intense, and then they lose all control. So he once, while he was once fairly organized right. and and he meticulous, sloppier. he got very very sloppy. And by the end, it was just this explosion yeah. of violence. Sarah, have you spent time uh, with serial killers and or murderers? And if so, um, does it ever chill you to the bone? Does it ever affect you uh, outside of the professional realm? <laughs> Anybody that I've spent time with, like in the in the criminal element, um, I, I try and compartmentalize to some degree. So anything I'm doing, whether it's direct contact or if it's just research, you know, on a case or if I'm working on a case like right now where it's like I'm about to, you know, I'll be back down in Alabama interviewing potential suspects, including uh, there's a serial killer from Baton Rouge who we think might be might be worth looking at in this one. Um, it, to me, it is it is work and it's all about the mind and it's all about um, kind of getting into their mind and, you know, yeah, it's it's chilling, but I think in a moment when I'm doing it, I'm just trying to do the work. But I do definitely have, like, a system for emotional showers that I do. Like, I'm a big rom-com. Like, when I'm done work, I, I got to, you know, when watch Harry Cougar Town. Okay. And, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Nice. I would not be a good investigator, though, because, I like, meet one person that I didn't like, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, he did it. Ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. so that's sort of half the fun. I do that on this case in Alabama. I was like, oh, my God, this guy definitely <laughs> did it. <laughs> And then I find another one, and I'm like, uh-oh. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he did it, too. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Sarah, if you're just tuning in, is Sarah, uh, Sarah Kalen, who's here, is going to be uh, hosting another one of these events, True Crime Lecture event, and it's called Felonious Second, or The Sordid History of Philadelphia Murder and Mayhem. The next event is coming up on Thursday at the Tin Can Bar. 
seven to nine. But you hit some other places like Devil's Den and Kyber Pass. And yeah, it, Kyber Pass is every like fourth Wednesday. Okay, uh, we are, we're upstairs at the Kyber Pass, and so it'll be a different event. Is, do you have a, Do you have a, a schedule uh, posted anywhere? People can check that out. Um, the or... best thing to do is is my Twitter, which okay. is just my name reversed, Kalen Sarah. Um, we need to get you a website because when I was doing research, I'm like, oh, we got to get. I know, get I know. Job. I've been yeah. thinking about that too. Yeah. So if anybody if any web, <laughs> web designers want to volunteer for me, well, you'll be able to access uh, your information on uh, PrestonandSteve.com. We'll yeah. post that up. We'll, we'll, we'll you know post on social media how people can find out more. Wait, I have to ask you guys something yeah. now. So I was listening to the last guest. Why didn't anybody talk about how gorgeous my husband is? Oh, yeah. He is hot. I've been eyeing I just wanted to make sure we covered that. You know, we're going to equal opportunity I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. This is great. We'll have to have you in again sometime. I would love that. Thank you so much. We can talk to you for hours. Oh, love it. Thank Thank you. you. Sarah Kalen, guys. Uh, We need to take a break because we have other guests to get to before the the, uh, morning show is up. But I do want to give away uh, the perfect accompaniment. You know, it's a good... uh, a good sorbet from a good serial killer chat is uh, chicken wing. Yeah! yeah. So I'm going to give you a $50 gift card. The rom-com uh, of bar yeah, food. Yes. Yeah. PJ Wellahans, proud sponsor of the President Steve Cardboard Classic. So let's take call number 10-215-263-WMMR. We give you a $50 gift card. You can watch all the March Madness from opening tip-off till the final buzzer. While you enjoy the best wings in town, visit pjspub.com to find a location near you. PJ's does it better. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Achieving perfection requires the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have a couple of guests. We're going to do the Bizarre File first, though. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Yeah. Brought to you by Planet... No, it's brought to you by Patient First. I was thinking Planet Fitness for some reason. <laughs> Patient First. Cold and flu season is here. Patient First is here to help. Urgent care that's open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day of the year. 20 Eastern Pennsylvania and South Jersey area medical centers. All right, not technically a bizarre file story. Pretty cool, though, because this record was shattered. An ice fisherman shattered the 62-year-old record for the largest lake trout ever caught in New Hampshire. Thomas Knight told the state's fish and game department that he had a good feeling that the trout that he hauled onto the ice on Big Diamond Pond was bigger than the previous record holder, which was a 28-pound trout caught in 1958. That's how all long the this, way back. That's how long this record was. So 28 pounds. The first uh, scale that he used to weigh the massive trout maxed out at 30 pounds. So he took it to a package distribution center where they found out that the catch was 37.7 pounds. I like the Tin Man. And he likes the Tin Man. (laughs) Wrong one. Most state records, when bested, are done so by only a few ounces. Knight's fish shattered the old record by over nine pounds. Jeez. The fish is now not only the largest in New Hampshire, it is the largest lake trout caught in all of New England. Man, the guy who likes the tin man. Pulled it out of the ice. <laughs> estimates that the They estimate that the 40-inch long fish was between 50 and 60 years old. Have you ever gone ice fishing? No. Yeah. Have no desire to go ice fishing <laughs> at all. I... I like the little huts. Yeah, seems yeah, pretty cool. boring. Yeah, yeah, the huts yeah, yeah. are cool, but it seems yeah. really boring. I don't know if I want to go fishing. Uh, apparently, unoccupied cars can be offensive. Police in Bothell, Washington, responded to a call about a heavily intoxicated man who felt like yelling at a parked, unoccupied Porsche. <laughs> 
I don't know what he was yelling, but he was screaming at the car. Well, what did the car do to him? Yeah. Authorities say he was detained <laughs> and, and educated on public intoxication and disorderly conduct. No word on any, if, if any charges were filed. Uh, this is one way to get uh, drug users to turn themselves in. A Facebook post from the Merrill Police Department in Wisconsin is encouraging people to turn in their meth so they can check it for coronavirus. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. You don't want to taint it. It could be bad for you. And the post says it'll test your drugs for free. That's awesome. They'll even make house calls. Uh, since they made the Facebook post, it's gotten over 4,000 shares. No word if it's actually worked <laughs> the way they were hoping as of yet. Well, imagine waking up to find workers ripping the roof off of your home. That's what a family says happened. And it seemed almost like a dream for Belinda Hungate, who said she woke up to a noise outside and soon discovered men tearing off her roof. She said, I was yelling, stop, and nobody was listening to me. She said a language barrier complicated things, and the men kept working, so she called her husband. She said, my wife called me at work in a panic, saying that there were guys on the roof and they were tearing things off, Philip Hungate said. It's unbelievable. I can't imagine that you would go to a job site and just start working without even communicating with the owner. They didn't even knock on the door. Instead, he says the crew went right to work. Hungate says he called the police, and after talking with the crew supervisor, learned the roofers were supposed to be in a different town altogether. Oh they were God. in the wrong town, not even the wrong house yeah, next the same to the block or yeah. anything like that. No. A different town. Uh, he says the contractor agreed to replace the family's roof, but it's not what they would have ordered. He said, we didn't want a roof. We didn't need one at this point. We certainly didn't get the opportunity to choose anything. And the original order was to do some lawn mowing, Preston. Uh, the family said they called a general contractor to check on the work so far who said it is passable. However, the roof is not yet complete. Uh, the job cost around $10,000, by the way. Sorry, yeah. sorry about the roof, man. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and we will wrap it up. Let's end with this one. Uh, no, we need a decent one. How about this? Authorities in Des Moines are seeing a rise in crime when it comes to thieves ripping off catalytic converters. Have you heard about this? No. It's happened here locally, too. Catalytic converters? But this is, uh, yeah, in particular, in uh, Des Moines, Skeffington's formal wear <laughs> has been hit. Many times over and over. Frank Hardy said that uh, they knocked out three catalytic converters and took them within 10 minutes so far. What is it about formal wear and catalytic converters? There have been 15 catalytic converters stolen at Skeffington's formal wear for some reason. Skeffington, huh? And it's not only that one. There have been some other places in that area that have had them stolen. Thieves crawl under higher vehicles like vans or trucks, make a quick cut with a saw, and then what they do is they melt down the metal, which has palladium in it, which is now going for nearly $3,000. So it's a it's a precious metal that's in there, and they're stealing catalytic converters, which use it. I didn't know that, but I saw a story uh, in Philly on the news the other day of uh, a, a, a camera caught these thieves ripping off a catalytic that's converter in, from that's a That's I've never heard of that. Yeah. Uh, just weird things that are stolen and why people do it. But apparently there's been, like, uh, a number of vacuums stolen from the Target in Plymouth Meeting. In, like, the month of February, there was, like... That brand sucks. New, brand new vacuum. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Because vacuums routinely suck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, brand new vacuum cleaners? Yeah, out of, okay. out of Target. Like, for some reason, they're stealing vacuums. Very interesting. Maybe they have palladium in them. <laughs> Maybe. Palladium? Is that what causes the big rocks to float on Pandora? Mm, is it? Oh, no. 
Isn't that that's unobtainium? Unobtainium. unobtainium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, one, a pretty weak name for a fake rock. It is. <laughs> uh, it was going to be Floatilatium. <laughs> unobtainium. Uh, all right. Uh, we have two guests that are in our studio. Uh, one of them has been here before, and hopefully you know his story by now. If not, I'll remind you. Uh, this year marks the 20th anniversary of his accident, which left him paralyzed from the neck down. Although he walked right in here just fine. Shook my head. Absolutely, me too. Uh, but, uh, of course, he was playing for Penn State at the time. Please welcome to our program Mr. Adam Talaferro. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Nice to see you again, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it just makes me feel a little bit old. 20 yeah. years. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. Uh, and uh, with you is a board member of the Adam Talaferro Foundation. This is Nicole Cohen. Who is yeah. here. Hello, Nicole. Nice to have you here. All right, so you guys are here to talk about uh, the charity event that is coming up at the Ballroom at the Band. It's on the 27th of the 20th anniversary of the gala, correct? Yeah, you know, every five years we have a, a big gala, and, and the main reason for the gala is to help raise money for people who have injuries so much to myself. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, we have these type of injuries. The, the cost of care could be in the millions of dollars, and unfortunately, as we all know, insurance sometimes doesn't cover those things. So every dollar we raise goes towards helping patients. That's awesome. Um, so when you look back on, on 20 years, not only do you feel a tad bit older from that, uh, you know, what do you think about how your life changed and, and, and where you are? Because you're happy now. You've, you've got two kids. You yeah. know, you got a, you got a great family and everything going. Um, what do you think about that when you when you think back? Yeah, you know, I look back. I, I got injured when I was 18, my freshman year in college. And for me, my goal from the age of seven was to play professional football. When I got to Penn State, I just thought, hey, I'm on my way. Yeah. And when that was taken away from me, I thought life was over. I thought this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me in life. But as I got older, I realized it was a, you know, kind of like a blessing in disguise. It, it made me a better person. The, the life lessons that I learned going through that injury were priceless. You know, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my kids and all those things if, if I didn't have this injury. So, And we wouldn't have the foundation. So, you know, people ca- came together. I always, I'm so thankful for our board on our foundation because without them, this wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't have lasted 20 years. Our, our board president, Tom Microphone, has just been fantastic. Adam, what, do you meet other people like yourself that have had a recovery like you have had? Yeah, you know, I wish I met more. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, with these injuries, you know, the prognosis usually isn't is that you don't walk. But I've met, you know, numerous people that have walked out of these things. You know, right now there's a young man who was playing high school football up in Schoolkill. And uh, he's at McGee now, uh, Jaden Libby, and he had a, a spinal cord injury playing high school football. And he's right now, right as we speak, fighting to walk again. So it, it inspires me. It takes me back. You know, it's been 20 years for me. And thankfully, I'm walking. But sometimes I forget what I went through. And going back to McGee always reminds me about the struggle and just how inspiring those people are over there. Was it uh, surgeries that help you, uh, nerve surgeries? or how did, how did they help you get back on your feet you know, again? I got lucky. If you could say having a spinal cord injury is lucky, I got yeah. lucky that I was on a football field. Because, you know, if you think about it, if you get injured in a car accident, you have to wait for the, the paramedics to get there. I had immediate medical care. That's the okay. most important thing when you have these injuries is to not move and to get stabilized. And within seconds of my injury, I was I was stabilized. And I got injured at Ohio State where right on campus they have a nationally recognized spinal cord center wow. right next to the stadium. Mm. So I had everything that one could be you know, hoped to happen when you have these type of injuries. I was in the best place possible for it to happen. I watched a documentary on HBO called Any One of Us. Have you seen this documentary yet? No, I haven't seen it. Um, it, it it's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking because it, it, it follows the, the lives of several people who have had spinal cord injuries, and, and some more severe than others, um, and, and in various different ways. One guy was in a mountain biking accident, uh, and, and I think uh, psychologically, mentally, it uh, took the greatest toll on him 
uh, more so than any of the other patients. But, it, I mean, it, it, it follows all of their lives. And, and in particular, this one mountain biker, he is um, just absolutely determined to get back on the bike and, and to do all these things that uh, you know, he was able to do before because he was amazing at it. And uh, he just had an unfortunate accident. And, you know, he was able, much like yourself, he was able to get um, a lot of the motion back. But, you know, also like yourself, he wasn't able to get it, it all back. Yep. And, uh, in, and for him, that was absolutely heartbreaking. So, uh, you know, in addition to the physical things that you need to work on, uh, there's also that mental aspect of it as well. And, and how long did it take for you to, to get your mind right around it? Yeah, I, I say, you know, it's been 20 years, and there's still times when I'm sitting there, I'm like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. yeah. 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, for that first, I will say, five or six months, you just struggle with why me. Out of all the people in the world, how could this happen to me? And then you get to a point where it's like, you know what, all I could do is change the future. Right. And that's when I think you really start making that recovery because if you're just, you know, and I, unfortunately there's a lot of patients like that that just give up. Yeah, but, and there's uh, it, there's got to be a PTSD uh, aspect to all of this as well. Uh, and would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I, I know certainly some. For me, people think I'm weird because I love I still love watching football. Yeah, uh, my my parents, my wife may hate to say, hate to hear me say this, but if I could play football again, yeah. I'll go right back out there because I truly believe this was just like a freak accident. Yeah. And, and and pressing this, I have a son who, who's four. And my, my wife, my, my mom, my mother-in-law are like, oh, our dead bodies, will he ever play football again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to give the guy a shot at least. All right, what about your kids? Uh-huh. Are you protective of, uh, of them in that regard to make sure that they're, that they're following, you know, that they're going to be safe? I'm super overprotective. Okay. Like, you know how kids like to run through the house and yeah, jump yeah. on the bed. And, mm-hmm. and it's not my son, it's my daughter that likes, you know, just like a daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I'm a nervous wreck every time, you know, that they're doing something. So I'm that overly protective, you know. She's riding her little scooter. I got a helmet on her. I got mm-hmm. arm pads. I got <laughs> knee pads, everything. Yeah. So it, it, it has affected me that way because I, I do see how quick your life can change in an sure. instant. You yeah. know, there's you also have to walk the fine line, though, of like, you know, you almost have to live. You know, you have to you know, let kids be kids. And, 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 you know, if it was not on the football field, it could have been somewhere else. You could have just been coming, you know, walking down your house and, and slipped on a step. You know, it, it, it's, it's all possible. So it, it's funny, though. I often think about... Uh, in my life, so I had a surgery in 2014 for for cancer, and 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 I always say to people who I'm uh, who are facing the same surgery, if if the present day Steve could go back and tell Steve going into surgery how everything was going to be, it, w- it would have saved me so much hand wringing and heart wrenching, yep. you know, crap. Do you get those feelings sometimes when you say, I, you know, if if I could go tell me prior to that what my life would be like now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, yeah. you know, you, you've been through it. And that's why I tell people when people have these injuries, they often call me and say, you know, what what is there to expect? I'm so nervous. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Yeah. And I tell people, I just follow what the, the doctors and the physical therapists told me to do. Yeah, that, that was, it was, it they was know what they're doing. It was yeah. as simple as that. And uh, I, I just worked it, worked my butt off, and I didn't do anything extraordinary. I, it always makes me feel weird. Like, oh, my God, Adam, you did this great thing. You're walking yeah. again. It's like, I didn't do anything that you wouldn't do. I just <laughs> yeah. worked hard and, and followed what the doctors and physical therapists told me to do. Yeah, yeah. they know what they're talking about, man. Do you think mm-hmm. you were a different person before the injury? Oh, 1,000%. One, 1, yeah. 1,000%. So? I mean, before the injury, I was, I was like, hey, I'm the man. I'm going to play in the NFL one day. You know, I cared about my family, but the most important thing to me was was football. Mm -hmm. Then after that injury, you realize, you know, wow, my family was there for me every day. So many people I never met in my life helped me get through this injury. So I I, I value people a lot more. I cherish each and every day. And, I, you know, I look over at Nicole, like people that had no 
experienced spinal cord injuries. Now this is part of their lives, and it's just like this is such a super cool thing to just be surrounded by such good people. It's a Adam, gift. You, you think if you would have gone on and this hadn't happened, you went on in the NFL, become a big star, you would have been a big egomaniac going heading down that path? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean... <laughs> I would have had a chain or two, maybe. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Nicole, so uh, the gala is coming up on the 27th. I'm sure you and the board members have been working really hard for yes. this. Yeah. It's been a labor of love. Um, we've got an awesome band, Renaissance Orchestra. If you guys have heard of them, they're phenomenal. Um, and it's just going to be a night of dancing and raising money. Um, we should have a fund the need at our last gala. It was to put an elevator in someone's home. There's so many needs for these people out there. Manual wheelchairs. Adam and I were just talking about how many people come to us asking for money for manual wheelchairs. And it's mind-boggling that insurance doesn't help them with that. And it's something they need every single day. Yeah, I'm finding I've got some things going on in my personal life uh, right now that uh, have made me realize what insurance doesn't want to help you out with, and it's pretty disheartening. Yes. Uh, So it's comforting to know that communities can come together and help people out that that need this, and so you guys are are continuing to do that. Uh, What are the specifics? So it's uh, March 27th, the ballroom with the Ben. How do people get tickets for this? So they can email Zach at giving at org. Tickets are $250 a piece. And we are looking for business sponsorships as well. We have okay. different levels from a thousand to fifteen thousand. Um, really, anything that anybody can contribute would be absolutely wonderful. I've got a, a text here. It says, "My son walks because of McGee. Best wow. place ever. They're wow. incredible." Uh, so, yeah, where is McGee located? Down on Race Street, right? Okay, Sixteenth and Race. They okay. have the, the inpatient facility on Sixteenth and Race, and then they have an outpatient facility down on the waterfront. Okay, Are you one of their uh, one of their star uh, past uh, patients. I, I try to go back as much as I can. I just like the texture you see. I said without them, I wouldn't be walking today. So yeah. that place will always forever have a special place in my heart. When it helps me when I was there to talk to someone who had actually been through it to say, hey, you know what? I'm walking. You can do it too. So that's my main focus is just to try to provide some inspiration yeah. to the patients that are there now. It means I, a lot. I don't, I don't think Adam realizes what an inspiration he is to these people. His mom and I were um, there for a Christmas party last year, and there was a 17 year old who was a gunshot victim, gunshot wound victim, and paralyzed from the waist down. And lights were off. Didn't want to talk to anybody. And Adam's mom walked in and she said, "My son walked out of here." You're going to walk out of here. And his eyes just lit up. Wow. It was just, it was incredible. Wow. He's an inspiration to a lot of the people in there. A lot of great work being done. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll post the information on our website, make it easy for people to access this. But it's coming up. It'll be here before you know it. It's uh, on March 27th. So get the tickets. Be a part of the sponsorship. It's going to be a great night. Ballroom at the Ben is a beautiful place. Uh, and it sounds like uh, you guys are going to have a successful event. And it's it's a landmark. You know, it's a, it's a milestone. It's a 20th anniversary of this and, and your your yeah your shining inspiration man it's really cool thank you guys so much for having us it's a pleasure us. It's, a, it's an honor for us to be here today Excellent. <laughs> it's here for adam and nicole yeah. guys thank you guys good luck with the event we're going to take a break and we'll be back in a moment stay with us love preston and steve and wmmr check out wmmr.com for more of everything that rocks back with more of the preston and steve show podcast Today is a tad Tuesday, so very, very shortly, I'm going to give you one more opportunity uh, to text in the word tattoo for your chance to win a $350 gift certificate for uh, world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. We'll be getting a winner in just a little bit. Speaking of winners, uh, Marissa, tonight, you'll be at the next Pacifico event, the last Pacifico event. They are a sponsor of the Cardboard Classic, and Marissa's going to be a Destination Dogs tonight from 7 to 9, 11 to Walnut. If you're interested in winning... 
Uh, an overnight stay for you and three friends. And lift tickets and VIP access at the Cardboard Classic. Then you better go see Marissa tonight. You'd be an yeah. idiot not yeah. to. Yeah, and there will be specials on Pacifico beer as well. So make sure you join her at Destination Dogs Night, 7 to 9. All right, lesson question time. We're going to give away a $50 gift card for Wilson's. Secret Sauce Barbecue Restaurant. This will be their 12th or 13th. We're not sure. Cardboard Classic. They will be there on Friday. And I think we're going to go with this one. Uh, what item, when she sits on it, turns on Manthe? 215-263-WMMR. Thank you. What item, uh, when she sits on it, turns on Manthe? 215 WMMR, call right now. We'll see if you were listening. And while you're calling in, we're going to do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All righty. Let's do this thing. Uh, yes or no? No. Okay. No? All right. Uh, Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, have I got <laughs> things to tell a, you? He threw a sponsor in front of me here, and I'm like, no, that's for, that'll be for music news. Uh, okay, no what, problem. What you got, Steve? My bad. Well, it turns out Marie Osmond says she's not going to leave any money to her children after she dies because it's a disservice to them. Osmond says she knows her children respect her decision, even though they have taken to calling her the C-word. <laughs> oh, my God. Oprah Winfrey is admitting uh, the tremendous irony of her taking a tumble while discussing the importance of keeping balance during a performance of her Oprah Vision tour. Oprah says things could have been much worse because her original topic was how to deal with explosive diarrhea. <laughs> And finally, James Lipton, the longtime host of Inside the Actor Studio, has passed away at the age of 93. Of all of Lipton's formidable achievements, the one he cherished the most was his upset victory over King Kong Bundy. <laughs> That's your Hollywood track. All right, let's see if we can get the answer to this question. What item uh, turns on Manthe when she sits on it? 215-263-WMMR, and I will go to Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Hey, hey, what? All right, Kenny. Uh, what uh, when uh, she sits on it gets uh, Manthe all hot and bothered? Uh, belt buckle. That's yeah. right, Kenny. Yeah. Hang on there, my man. You got yourself a fifty dollars gift card for Wilson's Secret Sauce Barbecue Restaurant, taking part in their twelfth or thirteenth Cardboard Classic. They'll be selling. Pulled pork and brisket sandwiches from their sled, donating proceeds to fill abundance. Pretty awesome. That is great. You can check them out at 265 East Township Line Road in Upper Darby, a barbecue-based business with vegan and vegetarian options. Online at secretsaucebbq.com. Time for music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Rita's. Rita's Water Ice is back. They're open for the season, and the wait is over. You can grab your family and head to Rita's for some refreshing Italian ice. Made fresh daily with real fruit or some delicious, creamy, frozen custard. Be cool. Go to Rita's. Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith is uh, talking about uh, guitarist John Frusciante and saying that he has changed since his last stint with the band, which ended in 2010. But we hope so. He said he's more self-aware, I think, and he wants to be in a band together. He did some stuff on his own that he wanted to do, and he's that kind of person. Like, when he sets his mind on something, he really wants to do that and be very specific. So he was like, hey, I want to play guitar, and I want to be in, in a band, and this is the only band I want to be in. This is the band that I love, and I should be in this band. And he said, we had some long discussions, and yeah, 
he's in a good place. So we're like, let's do it. Uh, Frashante rejoins the band, rejoined the band late last year after a 10-year break, replacing the man who took over him for him, Josh Klinghoffer. Uh, during two previous stints with the group, Frashante was part of some of their biggest albums, including Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Californication, and By the Way. He, um, I think, is um, responsible for my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers guitar lick, and that's the one from Danny, California. Yeah, at the end of that, mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome. He is... He's clearly an important ingredient to that band. I mean, they've had success without him, but they their really big stuff was with him. So we'll see how that goes when he rejoins. More than 150,000 people in Perth, Australia, turned out over the weekend for a massive musical parade in tribute to ACDC and wow. its late singer Bon Scott. The event, dubbed Highway to Hell, was not just a march, but a concert on wheels as several musical acts performed ACDC songs along the route. The Highway to Hell Parade took place Sunday, serving as a showcase event for this year's Perth Festival. A number of ACDC tribute bands, as well as the Perth Symphony Orchestra, performed the iconic acts songs nonstop while traveling on flatbed trucks and trailers. For how long? How long a distance? That's a good question. I don't really know how long it lasted. Dude, that sounds like fun. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sunday marked 40 years, by the way, to the day that Scott was buried in Fremantle Cemetery, where his grave is considered a national monument. I didn't know that. The legendary singer died on February 19, 1980, after recording six studio LPs with ACDC and was replaced by Brian Johnson, of course. Uh, the event opened with Western Australia Premier Mark McGowan declaring, Let There Be Rock, and then ringing a hell's bell. McGowan, who was sporting an ACDC t-shirt, said people will talk about this event for years to come. It will be one of those very, very unique West Australian events that will go down in history. We're looking at video footage of it, and there were a ton of people there. Um, The parade also featured a record-breaking air guitar performance with more than 3,500 people strumming along to Highway to Hell. Okay, listen up. Kiss's restaurant chain, Rock and Brews, is about to expand into... A casino complex. Oh boy! In Biloxi, Mississippi. Wow, they just make so much money. They the pl- do. The plans for the casino include a three thousand capacity concert hall, three hundred room hotel, and a casino with a thousand slot machines. The property previously housed a casino owned by Jimmy Buffett under his Margaritaville brand. We're also adding a, a petting zoo. Oh, nice! That'll allow you to interact with chickens. <laughs> uh, a chicken petting zoo. Uh, funding for the new project is Very excited. already in place, along with the site approval being granted. A casino license is expected to be approved. So it's the casino, the Kiss Casino. Yeah, in the next few weeks. I, I love it. I'm not sure if they'll name it that. I know or not. I should know it, but I don't. Uh, a while back, Gene Simmons talked about some prospective business deals that he was working on, providing that he has many other interests besides being a bassist and legendary rock band. He said, "I like jerky." He said there's some real estate deals in China. Huh. He said there are eight different projects. One is a 55-story skyscraper, a theme park, and lots of other stuff. He said a cable television network, some stocks. He said, I mean, I can't be too specific about this stuff. But There's, there's- Chicken World, the Chicken News Network. <laughs> CNN. CNN. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Working on a number of different ventures. Uh, but he said there's a lot of big stuff. A lot of big stuff. He said any any one of which could make Kiss, the entire entity, look like a popcorn fart. Yes. But uh, would be nowhere near as much fun, he says. Uh, uh, more fun than a popcorn fart? Right, that's what he said. It could be more 
It'll, it, 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 could be, it could be more fun than a popcorn. No, not more fun. It he would said, be less fun than a popcorn. No, he said any one of these could make Kiss, the in, the entire entity, look like a popcorn uh, fart. What is a popcorn fart? I mean, just like a little... <laughs> oh, okay. Almost nothing. Non-existent, because mm-hmm. popcorn is light in and of itself. Yes. So the fart generated would be almost too ephemeral for words. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. No problem. Guitarist Tommy Thayer... Not like a meaty fart. I'd like you to have something... <laughs> A black bean soup, for example. Right. They generate more pulp. Cabbage rolls. Cabbage rolls. Sure. Cabbage rolls. You definitely have debris in your shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gu- guitarist Tommy Thayer gave an update on the upcoming definitive Kiss documentary tentatively due out in 2021. Who's this now? This is uh, Tommy Thayer. He plays guitar in your band. Does he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's wearing so much goddamn makeup, I don't know. I mean, they're interchangeable, really. He said, I think we're at least halfway into it, meaning the Kiss documentary. We could just hang the guitar on the ladder. It'd be the same thing. The director <laughs> is John Dorsey, and he's done great things before. We've done interviews on camera. He's putting together a lot of historic footage and talking to a lot of different sources, including us and our archives. Why don't you go talk to people? He said, it's coming along. I've seen a little bit, and I think that it will be really exciting and really well done. Uh, Thayer explained that the documentary is featuring unique fan-sourced footage as well as deep dives from the Kiss Bolts. And one last story, and then we have uh, an announcement to make. A team of European scientists has discovered a new species of deep-sea crustacean, and they've named it after Metallica, according to a post from the band on Instagram. Wow! The group shared an artist's rendering of the creature, which is now officially known as Macrostylus metallicola. The band wrote in an accompanying caption, we've played on all seven continents. We've made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and now we're a crustacean. <laughs> According to the band, the creature was discovered deep in the northern Pacific Ocean by Dr. Torben Rail of Sen- uh, Senkenberg Natural History Museum in Frankfurt, Germany, and Dr. Bart DeSmet of Ghent University in Belgium. Uh, Real selected the name because he's a lifelong Metallica fan. The creature also nicknamed the thing that should be not or that should not be after Metallica's 1986 song about Lovecraftian monsters <clears throat> rising from the deep. What distinguishes this particular crustacean? The worm-like creature dwells in complete darkness, has no eyes, and is colorless. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Metallica <laughs> added in the post, talk about blackened. It also lives amongst uh, metallic nodules containing cobalt, copper, manganese, nickel, and rare earth elements. So it basically lives in a rock stadium. Wow. Now, that's one metal crustacean, they said. By the way, somebody was correcting me earlier when I was saying palladium in, in the catalytic converters. Yeah. It's like palladium or something along that. It's not palladium. Palladium is what Tony Stark used. Oh. Uh, when he made his new uh, arc reactor. Is it real? Huh. The second movie, I think. All right. So that's what's in your catalytic converter? That's what's in your catalytic. Stark Industries? Yeah, you can use repulsor rays out of the, your tailpipe. Oh, okay. that, when, when that little light that comes on that looks like a... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Looks like a sailboat. That means your repulsor rays have been activated. But I guess, I don't know. This says your palladium is legit, right, Yeah, Nick? palladium's a real thing. There are made-up metals, like unobtainium. But yeah. palladium actually exists. Adamantium. Uh, what's the other one? Not for really. Vibranium. 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 Yeah. That don't exist. That don't exist, Ian? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like my ballsium. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, get that one. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I got it. Wait, wait a second. Right. If there's a Z-um attached to it, it's not the... Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Gross. It's, in fact, it starts with a Z. It's like my ballsium. <laughs> Zuck my ballsium. It's, it's absolutely scientific. Okay. Uh-huh. 
I'm tired of having legitimate science information suppressed because it happens to sound like a disgusting I act. I know. Right? I even, mean, even scientific named disgusting acts are not allowed. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Please, people. I have an announcement. Did we learn nothing? Oh. Yeah, from chickens. Chickens. Concert announcement. Everyone, listen up. Uh, Breaking Benjamin Yay! and Bush and Theory of a Dead Man are performing BB&T Pavilion Thursday, July 23rd. And the tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster.com. Uh, there will be a pre-sale. I love these pre-sales that happen. Really? Uh, uh, a great thing to get in on. Yeah, it's going to be this Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. while supplies last. You can get the password and complete details at WMMR.com. And we'll take caller number 16 and give you a pair of tickets to that show before you can buy them. 215-263-WMMR. Once again, Breaking Benjamin, Bush, and Theory of a Dead Man all together Thursday, July 23rd at BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale Friday, 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster.com. And the pre-sale, like I said, is Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. while supplies last. Password complete details at WMMR.com. Uh, that is all. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. We're wrapping things up when we get back. Stay with us. Here, we go. Here comes the MM Army. Join Marissa Magnata Tuesday from 7 to 9 at Destination Dogs, 1111 Walnut Street in Center City for a Pacifico official cardboard classic free party. Enjoy $4 Pacifico drafts and register to win a Pacifico VIP cardboard classic experience with VIP access for four to watch the classic, an overnight stay, and lift tickets. Click events at WMMR.com for complete details. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. We'll be heading up to the mountain Thursday night, spending the night getting up dark and early on Friday for Cardboard Classic. And as of now, calling for some flurries. Uh, and the high of about 37. So, you know, <laughs> prepare, dress accordingly. It's going to be cold in the morning. When I look at that footage of two years ago, we were looking about it the other day, Preston, where you could not even see, the camera could not pick up the things coming down the hill. It was so, it was such a whiteout. Uh, a nice, some falling snow uh, come this Friday morning with proper temperatures. It'll be great. Yeah. I love it. It was, uh, I was telling my son about that, that year that, that we got the Nor'easter and it was just, <laughs> you know, we're, we're a couple hours into it or however, you know, part of the way, most of the way through it and we're like, this isn't getting any better. No, this is this is getting a lot worse quickly. And it, and it wasn't like we were prepared. Hey, you better be ready because the drive home is going to be a bitch. No. It was like I might not be able to get home. You know, I mean, it was it got to that point. Yeah, this is this Friday will dramatically be not that. So it'll be all it'll be uh, it'll be good. But that was uh, that was one for the books. And, and you almost feel like yeah, you know, we, you can gather every couple of years and talk about well, yeah, the, the veterans of that uh, cardboard classic. We were there. <laughs> A lot of fun and weird things happened that day, if you recall. Uh, we had uh, twins that were born that day. Yes. Uh, oh, my gosh, yes. Car accident on the uh, northeast extension. So there was a that. Sherry Brown, and I forget her husband's name. Yeah. And she just emailed me the other day because, uh, obviously, Casey, it's their birthday this week, the twins' birthday. Right. Um, yep. And then we had the intern who yes. ended up at Kathy Bates' house. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, she got married. 
Kathy her, Bates? No. Well, I mean, uh, Annie Wilkes was the name yeah, of the, yeah, the character yeah, yeah. from Christy. Uh, no, from from Misery. But anyway, yeah, I got I, I'm I'm sorry, Preston. I meant to print this out for you earlier. Uh, her name was Christy, or her name is Christy. And I got an email from her mom, Carol Phillips. She sent an email last night. She got married uh, on Saturday on Leap Day, uh, the 29th. And so uh, a shard up, please, if you don't mind, to her and her new husband Drew. Congratulations! Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah she now has a job with the um, uh, MSSA or MSAA. <laughs> Multiple Sclerosis Association of America in Cherry Hill. So, congrats to those two crazy kids. But she ended up at a weird woman's house. Yeah. And, uh, he from the... didn't get out of the cock the duty car. So, I mean, there were stories that day. Again, some, at some point, we'll have to on the let's say like the tenth anniversary. We'll reflect on <laughs> the the incredible day, the impossible day that was. Yeah. Well, I ended up with some weird kind of stomach bug that evening, and uh, at the time, I had had blue hair. And I had sweated so terribly because of how terrible I was feeling that it looked like I murdered a Smurf in my bed. I felt terrible. Hey, Pierre, how did you fare that day? Did you stay that night? Because he did. I ended home, up hanging out with you. You did that evening. Yeah. Yeah, because you made love. They well, you don't. You don't. Rem- night, I can't believe you don't remember. They us shut down the love. turnpike. Well, no, I never forget that, darling. <laughs> yeah, they shut down the turnpike. The accident, the cause, where the 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 couple that was in the accident, where they and they had the twins. That was this extensive accident on the turnpike. There's yeah. no way you could have left. No, let me remind you. We you, we all went out. So uh, Marissa and I ended up playing tennis together. Uh, we met right. up with like Jackson and Pancake and Sarah. There were a bunch of people there, and we hopped in Jackson's Jeep, and he took us to the restaurant that you always go to. Okay, Louis. Yes, uh, Louis uh, Prime up. Yes, there. and yeah. you met us there. You, I believe, okay. took a nap, uh, showed up late, but met us there, right. and uh, it it was actually it was great. It was the first time I'd ever been there, and it's a great place, yeah. and, and we had a lot of fun that night. Mm. So you, so you did stay, don't you remember? How much now, fun we had? Yeah. Well, now I do. <laughs> that first martini reminded me of the very first martini you and I ever had. Yes. Oh. <laughs> of course. Man. I can't wait to do it again this year. That is kindling for the forest fire of my love. Mm. <laughs> Uh, all right, real quick, I want to thank... Uh, that was pretty poetic, don't you? Yes, it was. Ken oh. Link for the forest fire of my love. I want to thank Derek Grant of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yay! Yay! Another show. We just met him. He's a new guy in town and uh, very, very nice. It was good to have him on. Thank you also to Sarah Kalen, host of a series called True Crime Lecture Events, uh, Felonious, the Sordid History of Philadelphia Murder and Mayhem. She was a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure we'll have her on again sometime. Also, uh, the Furball is coming up on Friday. Steve is going to be your host. We had Louis uh, Chechia, who is the executive director of Morris Animal Refuge. The 23rd annual event is coming up at the Bellevue Hotel. Uh, tickets available at morrisanimalrefuge.org, or you can go to PrestonSteve.com to get the information. And you can get the same info about the Adam uh, Telefero Foundation's 20th anniversary gala. He and Nicole came by. So we had a uh, we had a chock-full show today. Yes. And we're not done yet because I need to congratulate our Tattoos Day winner. It's uh, Stephen Hample. Stephen Hample? Who is from Glen Olden, Pennsylvania. Stephen gets a $350 gift certificate for world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. And you can find them at 621 South 4th Street in South Philly. Get tattooed by the area's top tattoo artists like East Coast Charlie. See his work. 
on Instagram at East Coast Charlie Tattoo or Philadelphia at EastTattoo.com. So we've had a full day today. Uh, you ready for the letter, man? I am. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. L is in letter. Yeah. And we have three more to go. Uh, Three-night stay at one of Icona Resort's beautiful beachfront hotels in Cape May, Diamond Beach, or Avalon, New Jersey. You can learn more about buy one, get one free weekday specials at Icona.com. What is going on today on your program, Peter? Well, we've got Double Shot Tuesday, Double Shots all day long. We've got Workforce Blocks of Coldplay, Led Zeppelin, and Van Halen to do. Hey, I love Van Halen. It's, it's going to be a good day. Excellent. All right. Good day. Let me thank our sponsor, Preston Steve Show. has been brought to you today by HERS. Ah, spring training. Uh, Phillies baseball and HERS go together like pitchers and catchers. Also brought to you by Villanova College of Professional Studies. Pursue the next you. And Auto Lenders. Visit Auto Lenders' newest location in Exton. With over 3,000 vehicles to choose from on autolenders.com, a smarter way to buy a car. Tomorrow on the program, it's Wednesday. We go live on Fox Good Day. We'll do that. Uh, we're having back on our buddy Tom Papa. Yeah. He's got a show coming up, right? He's, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the area, I think on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Tom, we're always happy to talk to. And in our studio tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, live, we will have armadillos here in our studio. Yeah. I've loved that band since the first time they came out. The Academy of Natural Sciences are bringing in living armadillos. The band. first song, Cactus, blew me away. Cactus, <laughs> man. Uh, we were just talking about armadillos, and they're going to bring them in. So. Do we just wish we just think about things and they appear. Yep. That's it. We're done. Ray John, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. Damn you, Nick McElwain. I'm having a good morning. I'm laughing, answering the questions. And then here you go with one of the greatest answers I ever heard. To all the people that you missed, they're all waiting for you. How am I supposed to drive a bus with tears in my eyes? Next message. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the system now. I don't have to wear Flyers gear in my living room. But when I'm in the building, I've never lost a game. I'm just saying. I love the Flyers. That's the way it works, buddy. Next message. Blue blanket. I need my blue blanket. Why? I can live without my blue blanket. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less. Need a break from the meta discussion? Check out Checkpoint AFK, Checkpoint XP's lifestyle show. From cosplay to consoles, we cover everything you care about when you're away from your keyboard. Subscribe at our website, CheckpointXP.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.